Yeah, what's up girls and guys out there listening to us today? Welcome back to Masters of the Cinematic Universe, or welcome if this is the first episode you picked to listen to. My name is Joe O'Rourke, and with me today, as always, are my co-hosts, Eric, get in the Pabone Zone, and Mr. Doug, not related to, but also Christ. Hey, baby. What's up, people? Hey, and we also got a fourth uh, special guest on with us today, Mr. Tony Reg Monjet. Ooh, yeah! <laughs> <laughs> Snap into this podcast. <laughs> Sorry, how's it going? Happy to hey, be Tony. here. Yeah, man. So happy to have you on with us. Definitely. I got to get my impressions out of the way. <laughs> but I'm happy to be here. I'm going to do We're a Michael Myers impression. <laughs> That's a fantastic impression. Yeah. I thought it was uh, this is an impressions uh, podcast. That's what I thought. That's why. <laughs> oh, I want to start that podcast. Can well, that's what we told you. Yeah. Can we start a podcast called Impressions and all we do is just make them <laughs> Yeah, we can call it Impression Nation. And uh, yeah, it's literally like no conversation. Just like start whatever impression you want at any <laughs> given point of the, of the show. And we'll just do like an hour, hour and a half and it'd be great. Tony, oh, this is my nightmare, man. Dude, I'm, I'm so in. Tony, Tony, when we get done with this episode, me and you are talking about this. We're doing this. There you go. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, so, yeah. t- Tony, what's new in your world, brother? What's going on? Oh, my God. I just spent... Okay, so I recently became a, a U.S. citizen. Yeah. Hold your yeah. Congratulations. Yeah. Congratulations. Wonderful. Thank you very Welcome. much. So, um, one of the first things... I don't know I don't know if you guys know, but there's like an election coming up, apparently. I what? heard you, something about Yeah, that. I know, right? And you're like, I don't know if you heard, you have to like register to vote, right? <laughs> um, but, you know, I've been trying all day, and today was the deadline to register here in Florida. And I've been trying all day, and then, and the website would just not work. So I, I thought that I was uh, past the, the deadline. And then it turns out, uh, on Twitter, apparently the website for the Florida registration is down. Uh-huh. So, you know, some people are claiming that's uh, some sort of Hanging fraud. Chads. Yeah, it's like, you yeah. know. But anyway, I think at around I've been trying it all day, like literally all day. I probably tried to send it through like fifty or so times, and I think at, at around ten o'clock, I'm, I thought I think I was able to get it through. I don't. I'm not still not hundred percent sure. I'm gonna right. check back in like a, a few days, oh, but man. I think I was able to get it through. So yeah, but I mean, Tony, like if you don't vote, I mean, what's the worst that could happen? Well, <laughs> you're. I mean, you're absolutely. Florida. Right. I just yeah. kind of, you know what I'm saying, like, I've never voted, like, anywhere. Right. Like, even, like, it's I'm originally from South America, uh, like, in Venezuela, whatever, and I moved here when I was 21 years old. Like, I never voted down there, and then, obviously, I never voted down here. So, it was, like, I kind of felt like... How was the political system down there? Do, like, the votes actually count, or is it just whoever... No, they like, don't. Gonna... Not anymore, <laughs> no. <laughs> Maybe back in the day, like, they did count, but, like, ever since, like... Bolivar? The, like, like, Chavez and all those people got in power, it's basically just been just, like, like uh, just cheating elections and things like that. It's just, like, pointless, yeah. basically, to vote down there. But, um, yeah, man, like, I was, like, excited to, like, actually be part of uh, the process, but... You know, I think, like I said, I hope I got through. I'll check in a couple of days, you know. We'll see. Yeah, if worse comes worse, you just tell me who to vote for and I'll vote for you. There you go. We'll do that. Because, uh, you know, I don't care. <laughs> 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 I'm, I'm a, what's it called, an I don't care-a-kin. 
I don't care. <laughs> well, that's awesome, Tony. We're we're really happy to have you uh, uh, as a guest for this episode. Um, anybody else have anything new going on before we jump in? Well, I I mean nothing that's going to top that. <laughs> that's yeah, that's like pretty big news, cool. man. That's but, pretty no, big I news. Mean, yeah, I got a new car. Uh, it's oh. a couple weeks now, but that's oh, that, that big it. news. That, that, uh, nah, I mean, that's big news for me because it's the first actual new car that my wife and I have owned in like 30 years. So <laughs> thank that's you, good. children. You know that when you have four kids, that's what happens. You don't buy yeah. new cars for a while. Um, you get one so, for each tire. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, so it's cool. You know, nothing crazy. It's a Kia Forte, but it's brand spanking new and you know just just the fact that i don't have to worry about anything when i wake up and go to start it you know i know it's going to get me where i need to go so that's cool stuff the best thing about a new car is that now you're going to see everybody else differently like yes. everybody that has a <laughs> shitty car they're just you know way below you yeah. <laughs> yeah. you'd be like what is that a 2018 yeah you're going to see on. people you're going to start seeing like kia fortes everywhere like if you went to oh, Europe's driveway. no i I mean, my mom has had one. She's got a 2010 that she drives around. So I'm very familiar with the car to begin with. But, yeah, it'll happen. I'm throwing the shades on everywhere and, you know, waving through tinted windows at people. So. You, you, got, you got a Forte, too, right, Eric? Yeah, but my Forte, listen, I, I bought this car because I needed a car for work. It's four cylinders. It's I don't take care of it. It's yeah, Mine is a four-cylinder. Yeah, but yours is a cool four-cylinder. Isn't yours <laughs> turbocharged? That's different. Yeah. Yeah, you got a yeah. WRX, right? I do. Yeah, four yeah. cylinder that's turbocharged is not the same as a four cylinder no, that struggles to get not. to fifty miles I, an hour. I, I've got hey, a, I've listen, got a six point six liter turbo. <laughs> nice. Yeah, no. No, as, as far as me, um, I've just I have a lot of uh, still a lot of commissions coming in, so I'm uh, I'm neck deep in art, which is nice, but it's stressful. Uh, skateboarding is going very well. I've taken my daughter to the park a few times, getting my balance back, I'm getting my ollies back, my wrist is feeling a little better, thank you for all of your concern. <laughs> uh, so yeah, and I and I have a, a cruiser, which has been a lot of fun to take to the park because it's totally different than riding, um, you know, just a typical, like, popsicle board. It's, it's really, like, fast and, you know, it's just kind of fun to cruise around on and, and skate the bowl and stuff, so yeah, nice. that's it for me. Awesome, I learned uh, I relearned a new trick today and that was uh, uh, Smith grind on on a box made proud of that oh dude that's sick nice was that at uh, which which what's your park oh no 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 that was like okay so my my cross the street neighbor he's, he he kind of skated when he was in high school so I got him back into skating and now he's full on skating so we build boxes we just build shit that we can put in the street so if oh, it's a, yeah, if it's a crappy day like today, he's like, hey, man, you want to skate the box up front? I'm like, yep. And yep. we spent a couple hours out there skating the box. I nice. used to have some shitty rails when I was growing up that we welded together. Yep. Like angle iron. <laughs> uh, oh, that's... You actually welded it? To, that's an advanced move, man. <laughs> yeah, but the problem is, if you don't weld the base wide enough, the second you hit it, the thing just rolls over and you break your fucking ankle. <laughs> <laughs> oh. So, yeah, it was a mess. But um, we're here for a reason tonight, guys. Yeah, I'm feeling yeah. pretty spooky. I don't know about you guys, but uh, 
October is upon us, and uh, if there's one tradition around here, it's this time of year we pop in the old uh, the old Blu-ray of Halloween. Oh, oh yeah, definitely the original. You know, oh, the yeah. one that started it all. So it chills speak, down my spine. Slasher murder huh? movies. You know how I roll, man. I got that ten-year-old technology. <laughs> I had a ran mine, so I got current technology. Oh, you were streaming it. Yes. All right, so we're gonna jump in to Halloween, and on this episode, uh, Doug is gonna lead us through the plot points of this 1978 classic. Doug, take it away. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna try. We're gonna try. So, uh, yeah, again, as I mentioned, this this movie sort of started its own horror genre. Uh, it was the first one of of fame and importance to to use that you know build up of of suspense. Um, you know, John Carpenter, who wrote and directed it, wrote with Deborah Hill. Um, you know, he's a master at that. And this was his first big chance to do it, and he and he nailed it. You know, he did it well. Um, being the old guy in the group, I was actually alive and around and old enough to go see it in the theater when it came out in 1978. Um, and it, it scared the living shit out of me, uh, me and my friends. I mean, it was traumatic uh, because the marketing was genius. Uh, just the way they built up the suspense, um, you know, we were panic stricken to see it, but we had to see it. It was just something you had to do. So I'm excited that we're reviewing this one. Um, you know, just to give a real quick synopsis. I mean, the movie starts out quickly in 1963. Um, a six year old Michael Myers. Uh, he, you know, he does some nefarious shit to his sister and ends up in a mental institution. And the movie takes place 15 years later when he escapes. So, um, the cool thing is when it starts, you know, it's a black screen and it starts with one of the most iconic uh, horror themes that that's out there. Um, you know, it's up there with with the omen and and, you know, with with Jason's noises and, and music. Uh, the theme from Halloween is, you know, you hear it, you know it. And it was actually written by John Carpenter. He writes the the scores for most of his movies. So. You know, it starts, the credits are rolling. Uh, the first name you see is Donald Pleasance. He was first because he was, it was a big get for Carpenter to get him. Um, so you got to draw the people in knowing that they've at least got a, a recognizable and well-known star. And uh, some trivia about that is that he actually offered that role to Christopher Lee, uh, who turned it down uh, just because it wasn't enough money and later said it's one of the biggest regrets in his film career is not doing yeah. that role. Um, Donald Pleasant's got 20 grand for five days work. And, uh, yeah, that's awesome. It, he, he said that not he did too it. shabby. Yeah, no, back then, back then, a lot of change. And he said two reasons he did it or two reasons he accepted the role were he had to pay alimony and <laughs> his daughter was in a rock band at the time and needed some financing. So he had to do some what's, work. Um, so that's why he took the role. Carpenter only made ten thousand on this movie, and Jamie Lee Curtis yes. only made eight thousand. Eight thousand, exactly. But Deborah and, Hill, uh, yeah, his daughter. Deborah Hill oh, took no salary. I was going to say, like, like, 
like his doll his daughter actually was a fan of Carpenter's music from a previous movie. Yes. And that's how yeah. Yeah, the Assault on Precinct 13, which it was a campy movie, you know, um I I saw it later, probably on cable, uh but it was bigger in Europe and and that's why so Donald Pleasance is is from England. And yeah, Tony, you're right. His daughter saw that movie and loved the music from it. Uh, so she told her father, yeah, you should do this movie. So, yeah. uh, you know, and then we see something that doesn't really pop up in, in movie title credits anymore. It's an introducing Jamie Lee Curtis. Cause this was her first feature role. Mm-hmm. Um, she was in a TV series. I can't remember the name of it, uh, that she actually was on hiatus at the time was able to do this movie, but it was her first feature role. Um, she was nervous as hell, but you know, being Janet Leigh's daughter <laughs> had a lot yeah, to do with it, why had... Carpenter wanted her. Um, you know, so you know he he went after her and got her. She was excited to do the movie. Um, so it opens as we said earlier. The credits are done. It opens in Haddonfield, Illinois. Uh, it says Halloween, nineteen sixty-three. Um, the cool thing about this first shot. And it goes back to our first episode in Goodfellas having one of the most famous continuous shots in movie history. This first scene is continuous. Um, you know, well, it's actually three shots. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say is? this homeboy cheated because yeah, when you watch this, I, I now I like picked up on one that was when he put the mask on. Yes, there's one. And, okay, all right. But I know there's some other hidden cuts in this sequence. It's after well, the uh, the after third the is after the murder, murder happens. Yeah. yeah, when he's leaving the room, he did it well. Carpenter did it well. He showed his genius because I couldn't tell. I think <laughs> oh no, it's worth being honest with you. I think it you took know? a couple of days just to shoot that that scene. Yeah, yeah, it did. It did. Now, uh, let, me, let me address something in this scene because. Ooh. This this movie's fresh in my mind. We just watched this, so we see the scene from the perspective of Michael and and the boyfriend and and his sister are getting at it. Are we to believe that they had sex? Well, it, uh, did. well, yeah, it was, he's it happened he's in really one fast. minute and six seconds. <laughs> the fastest sex ever. Yeah. Actually, yeah. this whole movie yeah, is yeah. Like the fastest sex ever. Yeah, exactly. Well, it's not the only time that happens. We get a lot of minute men. Maybe that's movie. why he's killing him. He's doing. He's like, You're doing it wrong. Have nothing to live for if this is your idea. Well, I mean, I don't know. I don't know about you guys, but like my first time was pretty, pretty fucking fast. That's true. Speak for yourself. That Tony. is kind of accurate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, but yeah, we see. What's that? Uh, no, I was gonna say the uh, the the girl, the sister, the one that was killed um, in the beginning. That was uh, PJ Souls, and she was actually um, married to Dennis Quaid at the time. And when they were in the movie theaters uh, watching it, and that scene came on, um, and she goes, "Do you like what you see?" Apparently, some guy yelled out, "Yes, I do!" And then uh, Dennis Quaid asked if, um, at the time they were dating, asked if he wanted to go back there and beat up the guy, and she said, "No, it's okay." <laughs> yeah, that was yeah, actually yeah. that was uh, Linda. I think it was the character, right? PJ Linda, Souls yeah. played yeah. Linda. She didn't play the mm-hmm. sister. Oh, I, yeah. I thought she was the. No, she, she was, was Linda. Sister. Oh, you're right. No. No. Dare you, Joseph? I got him backwards. Yep. <laughs> I'm sorry. Fuck you. It's late. It's midnight. <laughs> yep. Yeah. I've been so, up since I mean, 3 so... <laughs> Continuous shot or not? Thank you for the correction, boys. Um, 
it, it, it's filmed all in first person perspective from Michael's eyes. You see That's him true. putting on the mask. You see his arm reach down and grab the knife from the drawer. Uh, you know, he sneaks around and, you know, here's the boyfriend coming down the stairs. So he knows his sister's alone now. Um, as he's walking up the stairs, the grandfather clock in the house starts to ring uh, and lets us know it's 10 p.m. Uh, you know, he gets to the top of the stairs and I think it's really cool the way Carpenter, when he walks into the room and he does start to stab his sister, at one point the camera angle switches to him looking at the knife. Mm, yep. You know, yeah. because he, you know, that was important to him to see the knife doing its job. Uh, so it was really interesting uh, the way he did that. Well, also, and, another reason, and I don't mean to cut you off, but like, uh, when yeah, they yeah. cut to his hand, uh, it was also because that's when they had to spray the uh, the, the ketchup on, on the girl's <laughs> breast to show blood after the fact. I that's you true. That. That's true. That makes sense. That's good. That's good. Yeah, it was uh, it was a very tame murder, if if that can you know be used as a phrase. Um, it's it's one thing that we've talked about in past episodes about how things hold up and how things don't hold up. I want to be honest up front in that when I started watching and making my notes, I took a reverential tone because of the impact that this movie has on the horror genre. But as it plays out, there's a lot of shit wrong with this thing. <laughs> oh, yeah. There's a lot. You consider the budget, I mean... Yeah, no, no, exactly. Yeah, yeah. But it, it's, you know, just the campiness of things and, um, you know, it. my notes started to reflect that so you'll you'll hear that as we move along because it it, it th that reverential feeling sort of went away um you know but in any case it's you know one of the coolest horror movies ever uh but then you know we see we see michael outside uh you know the camera finally pans away from the first person you know and and we see michael standing there his, uh, his father takes the, the clown mask off and you see this little boy he's absolutely adorable but there's nothing there I mean yeah. and, you know for, for a kid actor he did a damn good job uh, for you know five seconds worth of uh, screen time to, to demonstrate that there was absolutely nothing behind those eyes uh, except the evil to come so now this was um, the first scene that I ran into as far as like oh that's a weird choice is when the parents come in the front yard and he's standing there with the knife, it's almost like that, that shot's on a crane, so it's pulling back really slowly. Right. Mm -hmm. And it almost feels like Carpenter was like, all right, freeze, I'm going to make this freeze. a freeze frame, or, or I'm going to do something with this. And they just kind of like pantomime being frozen in time. Yeah, yeah. For a very long time. And it's something I never noticed before watching this movie. I was like... This feels I, weird. Like I feel I like completely someone would... I agree with you. I think it would have been a better result if, say, the mom would like ran into the house or something like that. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. Like, what's natural. going on? Yeah. Worried about what happen? had happened. Yeah, just right. something. Because yep. they literally froze. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yes. It's like don't move a muscle. I'm gonna do something <laughs> exactly. really cool here, guys. Just freeze. I'm pulling back. I'm pulling back. I'm pulling back. Just hold yep. it. Hold it. And oh, it's gonna be in the movie just like this. Yep. Like uh. <laughs> Yeah, and it's interesting about the house itself. That was an abandoned house yep. uh, in Cali that they had to make look not abandoned for that shot. <laughs> and then they had to re basically restore it to abandonment after. That was the agreement they had with the uh, with the owner of the house or the What's owner funny of the property. Is 
It's supposed to take place in Illinois, but named after a New Jersey city, but it's actually in California. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it's in South yeah. Pasadena. Yeah, it's in Pasadena. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you I mean, there's a lot of palm trees. In yes, the I, yeah, there's I mean, a lot of continuity issues, especially um, like when they go to the scene where like they're on the side of the road with the truck and like the that. Yes, that, like I mean that that's like just what California looks like. Right. So apparently, like the Myers house is in South Pasadena, and I think the house was moved, still in South Pasadena, but like a different street. And the houses where the girls were babysitting, it's in Hollywood because they needed to have. A house that uh, they needed to have two houses that were across the street from each other to make those window shots. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And you could tell because even even Lori's house was definitely not in the same neighborhood <laughs> as no. the other two houses. It was yeah. a completely different style. Um, you know, it, it wasn't because the the two houses where they were babysitting was were certainly more Victorian. Uh, again, because Tony's right to get those shots. And, uh, you know, so, yeah, again, continuity was definitely an issue, uh, but it goes back to Tony's comment about budget. I mean, they had zero budget on this thing, not zero, but, you know, I think, what, 300K, if I remember yeah, correctly? Yeah, 300K, and originally well, they wanted the 320. movie to be, was it 320? Because they had to pay the 20000 for a oh. <laughs> Right, right. That's but true. I think originally they wanted the movie to take place in like a week. Yeah. They, yes. Well, they shot, yes. They shot it over twenty days total, but they were originally going to have it. It was called the Babysitter Murders originally too. Yes. Um, yeah. But then they figured out that it was easier if it all just took place in the same day, and Halloween seemed appropriate. Yep. Right. Yep. Now, although talking about the continuity in, of of this movie and <laughs> and how they had the film in California and all that, they were trying to recreate the look of a you know a midwestern fall. I have an interesting piece of information for you guys. I'm not sure if you know this or not. So, they had people on set whose job it was to scatter dry leaves in the street. <laughs> Painted and one of those leaves. people was Robert England. Oh, oh wow! No way. Really? I did not know that. That's yeah. crazy. I, though. I knew about the leaves. Oh, that's I did cool. Not know that about yeah, I didn't know about cool. Robert England. Yeah, they had to scatter the painted leaves and then pick them up for the next scene. Yeah, because <laughs> they, only had, pa- so they uh, only had so many painted leaves. Those yeah. palm they had twenty tree, leaves. Yeah, those palm tree leaves. <laughs> yes, exactly, exactly. And, and they also had they had a severe problem finding pumpkins because it was shot yeah. in the spring. Yeah, <laughs> so they had to search far and wide just to get pumpkins for the movie. So, um, so you know, after, after that long pullback shot uh, of you know blank stare, young Michael. Um, you know, next we're in Smiths Grove, Illinois. Uh, on October 30th, night before Halloween, 1978. Uh, it's our first in our introduction to uh, Professor, I mean, Dr. Loomis, Donald Pleasance. Um, he's in a car with a nurse driving in a rainstorm, and they are headed to the mental hospital uh, to assist with the transfer of now adult Michael uh, to a prison that's uh, a little further away. Um Donald Pleasance or, you know, Dr. Loomis is, he's nervous, he's subdued. Um, you know, he's very concerned about this because as we learn later, he's the only one who knows the true evil that's inside of Michael. Pure um, evil. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> so, um, you know, impression. that's when the music starts again, that iconic music starts again. And out the front window of the car, we see uh, some patients from the hospital milling about in, in the field. 
the scariest part in this movie to me. Yes. Yeah. That to me, that was the scariest out. part too. Oh, Tony, that's what my wife said too. That's the scene yeah. in, in this movie that freaks her out the most. It's just them walking 100%. around. hundred percent. Because you Still know does. what? It's real. It's absolutely real. Like if you, you, you could come across that and, and shit yourself from seeing it because, yeah. you know, yeah. Um, so yeah, there, the, these patients are milling about, um, you know, the car stops the doctor gets out to find out what's going on and the nurse solidifies her stupidness in this movie <laughs> by uh by deciding to you know after a patient jumps on top of the car the smart open move the is to open the window <laughs> so that he you can know, reach in and start to choke her what do you um, know she lived not only she lived she's she comes back in the next halloween movies yes like for a couple really movies. yeah she does <laughs> oh, so she like works at that scene. hospital that Jamie Lee Curtis yeah. is in in two? She's oh, in, wow. She's in Halloween 2 and I think Halloween 6, if I remember. That's correctly. great. Yeah. That, that's great. I like that. I always mm -hmm. like the callbacks like that. Yep. Uh, yeah, so, yep, she she does survive. Um, and then, you know, he uh, Loomis quickly, you know, figures out what's happened. I mean, you know, and that's what he says he says he's gone he's gone from here the evil is gone um so you know he's now completely freaked out because he again knows now, what the, michael is capable of in this whole movie michael myers whole deal is very frankenstein like he's got this slow walk going on and yeah. in this scene before he gets the mask he's straight up like spider-man's up on top of the skull <laughs> <laughs> i know Yes, exactly. Like it's very right. fast and unnerving. So that, exactly. that threw me a little bit. Yeah, yeah. And I believe that's a different actor. Yes, the whole were... part where the car is a different actor than the actual guy that played, which is Nick. Yeah, there's like uh, five people that play him in right. the movie. There were yeah. three people that played uh, him. Mm -hmm. It was that guy, and then there was some, there, who they called the shape. So that was yes. Michael with the mask with the whole movie. And then a third guy, what, what did you say his name was, Tony? It was Nick. Nick Castle was the main guy. Exactly. Like the guy that, and then Tony yeah. Moran and then was yeah. the like, other one. Tony Moran was the other, was the, he was the one when the mask was off. Am I right? Yes. Like the, yeah. Yes. And then the other one was uh, a was dog trainer. An actor. It was something. Yeah, yeah, he it was, was something on like set. That. He was on set just for the hell of it. And then right. Carpenter asked him to be the guy to pull the mask off. I guess that he liked his look. Yeah. So yeah, it, it is. It um, is another inconsistency. Is, is exactly we we've got uh, Walking Dead zombies and then we got World War Z zombies. You know, <laughs> in the same movie. Well, the um, funny part really is, um, John Carpenter. He he's mentioned in the past that the the movements that Michael Myers made were based on the um, Yul Brenner's uh, robot assassin from Westworld, like the movie Westworld. Really. Whoa, that's where that's interesting that. you watch yeah, I can see the, way that. The, the man in black moves in the movies you know yes that's very similar i can see hmm. that by the way side note we're gonna do that movie <laughs> yeah because that's one of my I favorite future world probably movies. we'll do a double feature that, west world and future world oh sorry i remember hearing that uh um carpenter gave like his direction to to castle was basically like no direction it's like just play this yeah. guy as you would think this crazy killer would be right yeah. right he did great in my opinion <laughs> oh yeah absolutely absolutely so then uh you know the the mental hospital scene fades to black and we're brought back up in the peaceful looking town of haddonfield on halloween in 1978 so it's the next day um we're introduced to laurie jamie lee curtis's char character laurie 
Um, she leaves her house to start to walk to school. Um, her dad reminds her that she needs to drop the key off at the house. Doesn't really say what house it is. Um, you know, he goes on his way to work and she's walking to school. Um, as she's walking, we meet her babysitting client, Tony. I mean, uh, Tommy, the little kid, um, you know, so he comes up and they start talking about, uh, you know, what they're going to do for Halloween night. We're going to watch movies. We're going to trick or treat. We're going to carve a pumpkin, you know, all, all the good stuff. They're very excited about Halloween. Um, we get our first look at the abandoned Myers house when Lori stops in front of it because this is where she needs to drop the key because her father's got a, you know, a sales lead on it and looks like they're going to sell it. Um, Tony tries to stop her from going it because it's the haunted house. We've all had those in our neighborhood. I had one down the street for me, um, you know, that we, we used to dare each other to go into, and this is that house. Um, so she sneaks the key under the door. She's not at all afraid, uh, regardless of what Tommy's told her. And, uh, you know, that's where we get our first view of Michael. So he's already made it back to Haddonfield uh, to hatch his plans. Um, he is inside the house already has the mask because we can hear him breathing through the mask and we can see that sort of crazy hair sticking out because uh, the shot is from behind. Um, so somewhere in that brain of his, he imprints on Lori and Tommy um, and has already decided that they're, you know, on his list. Um, so let me ask, so, like, what, do, what do you guys think it is about Lori that he gets so attached to? Because... She's the only one in the movie that's not like a like a like a fun girl like sex you know having sex and all that stuff like what what do you think it's about her that he gets so well I, I, I think what makes this movie terrifying and forget the sequels forget Lori being a sibling and all of that stuff that they added later on ah, I of course. I think just the fact that it's random that this was the first person that came up to right. the door I agree that makes it scary the fact that they added all that other stuff was kind of... I think even Carpenter said, like, I sort of regret making them related because it was scarier that it was just like... Yeah. You know, I saw her and well, I saw this little right. boy and I started following them to school and that made it very unsettling, you know? Well, there's right. something about this movie that a lot of the slasher movies didn't have before. To like, I th uh, And this is something... It's not my own thought. It's just something that I heard somewhere else. And it was like all these slasher movies. You can't the, the the characters had to go somewhere to get killed. In, in this movie, it's like the killer is coming to your neighborhood. This looks like anybody's neighborhood. Yeah, you see what I mean, right? And I, right, yeah. So that's why I love that. I that thought of like it's like this is kind of like the first person and he gets uh, attached just because. Yeah, it, it does. Yeah, make and it. I. Nope, I agree. I agree totally. And I, I one of the things I read that Carpenter said is that him and he and Deborah Hill they had no intention of setting this up as the virgin having the only being the only one with enough power to stop the bad guy that wasn't their intention it came off like that um, but it wasn't their intention because they did want to focus you know exactly on what Tony said it's that he had, you know he imprinted he saw her first but he also saw her relationship or you know instantly registered her relationship with Tommy and it connected him to her, but bothered him too, because he never had that, you know, and that goes back to his childhood, 
being being obviously being messed up in some way or another. We don't find out how. Or but um, or maybe yeah, sorry? I mean, this is just like literally. I just thought of this. Or maybe he sees himself and Tommy as uh, as his sister would. You see what I'm where I'm going with this? Like, because he he's very protective of Tommy. Like he be, he kind of scares the the bullies later on, and uh, and now I feel like he's maybe he sees himself in Tommy, and then the, I mean he killed his sister, so. Um, right. Maybe there's something to that. Like he sees like Lori exactly. as his sister. Like maybe in a way. In a way. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's hard to tell exactly, but yes, that could be it too. Uh, um, so I mean, the scene is. It, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I was gonna say one of so, the things I think that um, it wasn't necessarily because she was you know pure or virgin that he wasn't killing her. That while everyone else was preoccupied with getting laid, they didn't realize that there was a killer out there. While she is actually, you know, has a lot more time to, like, pay pay more attention and be more alert because yes. she's not preoccupied. Yeah, exactly. Because the whole that, movie, she's got this kid in her ear, like, the boogeyman, the boogeyman. I know. She's like, God damn it. Oh, look, yep. look. <laughs> yep. Yeah, and the rest of them are no, just like, jo- can I get some? Exactly. Yeah. No, Joe's right. Carpenter did say that, and that's why he said he, he regrets that afterwards it looked like that whole virgin thing, but that, that was definitely not their intent when they were writing, you know, the script. Um, so I mean this scene is again it's sort of continuous in the fact that it's just leading them to school Tommy peels off to head to the elementary school uh, and Lori's walking alone and this is something interesting she starts singing a song that I found out later that Jamie Lee Curtis made up almost on the spot and it's of course a foreboding song because she says I wish I had you all alone just the two of us that's the line she sings and then it cuts to Michael out on the sidewalk behind her looking at her so we get our first full view of michael in the mask and the and the you know the uh the mechanics uh jumpsuit that he wears um yeah, but yeah the, she made that mask, up apparently the mask is actually captain kirk with his yep. eyes cut out and stretched they the, well, yeah she had, they, a, uh, she had yep, to make up a song like because they probably spent all their budget on don't fear the reaper which yeah <laughs> exactly <laughs> That's Which true. Which, for some That's reason, true. I felt like could have benefited from more cowbell. <laughs> <laughs> Just Good a point. Bit. Good point. Uh, yeah, so she, she made up that song. Uh, again, we see Michael. Uh, she, of course, doesn't notice him. Uh, she doesn't notice much. None of them do. Um, that's just a thing. <laughs> you know? Um, and then our next scene is Dr. Loomis leaving the, the hospital where Michael has escaped from, and he is laying into the hospital administrator who just straight up fucked up. <laughs> he also parked in the got out. Yes, he did, didn't he? I noticed that too. Yeah. I was going to say something. He did. Not a care in the world. It was all right. It was the 70s. No one gave a shit. I guess um, not. I was there, I know. <laughs> um, yeah, he just lays into him. And then, uh, you know, there's a reference to uh, him driving a car. The hospital administrator says, that's crazy. You know, and then Loomis has some sarcastic line about, yeah, we probably learned that from someone here too. And then he gets in the car and almost runs the administrator over, backing out, <laughs> and then yeah, uh, heads which out. Which is a great way to explain why he can drive. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. So, um, and then we we come to another, you know, one of those Carpenter foreboding scenes uh, to, to let us know what's to come. Uh, you know, it's a classroom shot at the high school. 
again, the high school full of 24-year-olds. It, <laughs> <'cause> yeah. none, of, none of them. I mean, Jamie Lee Curtis was the only actor on set like that was a teenager, but even she looked like she was in her 20s. I mean, it, it's just it's crazy, but, you know, that's yeah. what happens. Which, which actually makes it... Like once I found out about that, it made it okay for me because like you see, you do see breasts, yes, and then you do see kind of like a sexualized uh, uh, things happening, and you're like, well, are these like teenagers? Yeah, that's that, no, weird. that's important. You're you're absolutely yeah. right. It can that can become uncomfortable. So you're right. It it does make it easier to to, to swallow. Um, and I will say the person I was least attracted to in the entire thing was Jamie Lee Curtis. <laughs> oh, don't say that. Don't say uh, that. She's, she's not my if type. It, if it wasn't Brooke Shields, it would have been Jamie Lee. That's all I got to say. I was more, <laughs> more of a Annie guy. Yeah, Annie, Annie was cool. She had, no, I like PJ yeah. Souls too. But anyway, um, so the teacher is, is talking about fate. Uh, it's apparently a book they're reading by an author whose last name is Samuels. I tried looking it up. I think I might have found it, but I don't know. Uh, just talking about fate that, you know, no matter the course of action, the character took he was destined to his own fate um you know and then a, a larger discussion on the meaning of fate whether it's religious or or you know not uh takes place um lori sort of zo zones out and looks out the window and who does she see but michael uh it's the first glimpse of the car that he stole that we we see uh so the car's parked there uh i found out that <laughs> one of the production assistants was told by carpenter to go get a car that looked governmental and he he rented that that state that Lincoln station wagon, uh, or what I think it was a Mercury maybe it was a Ford LTD. Yeah, it was a, oh, it was a, a Ford, LTD. the LTD, yeah. right, right. Uh, he 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 rented that car for two weeks, I believe, and uh, they put the they put the uh, cage in it <laughs> and the uh, sticker on the side. So um, it must have not been there for the two weeks that uh, he was standing outside the house. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> so this is the first time we actually see. Michael, like the mask and everything, right? Because we, he, well, when he's at his house, so we, we should see his shoulder. No, right? when, when Lori's, when Tommy peels off to go to school and Lori's singing, we do see Michael standing behind her. I don't remember if it was a behind shot, like you said, but we saw a lot more. Yeah, of it him. was, it was just his shoulder. It, it was, just his it shoulder. was. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, you're right. Then this is the first full shot we have of, of Michael. He's standing behind the car, so it's really not even yet full shot but he's standing there and just staring in the window directly at lori she freaks the hell out of course not you know literally but she becomes very uncomfortable looks away looks back and he's gone you know um he managed to again that's one of those lightning moves he did a starsky and hutch across yeah. the hood yeah. so he could get also, in the well, actually, no other people on the street ever no yeah. well, yeah. actually like in in the in the school scene like when she so she looks out the window and he's standing right there right and then they come back to her, and then she takes a second look, thinking that's usually when he would disappear, right? But oh, that's no, true. he's still there. He's he still, was there. still there. It was the that's, third look. It's like a fake fake. And then it's only it's, uh, the third time she looks when he's actually gone. That's, that's right. true. That's very and true. And this scene to yep. which my wife said, how would he know which classroom she's in? Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Yeah, there's yeah, definitely no, she's, a she's lot right. going on. Yep, yep. Um, so yeah, so that, that closes that scene. She looks out that third time, the car's gone. Uh, he, he 
you know, moves like a ninja, gets in the car, and he's off without any noise whatsoever. Uh, it might be an electric car. Who knows? <laughs> we can't hear it. <laughs> it is California. I mean, exactly. Illinois. I mean, New Jersey. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So uh, next scene is uh, school's out, elementary school. They're out. Uh, the kids are running out in their costumes. They're all thrilled. It's Halloween. They get to go trick-or-treating. Uh, Tommy comes with his gigantic pumpkin. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's bigger than him. Uh, you know, because again, there was a pumpkin shortage in the spring in California. So he had to, they had to take what they could get. So he's struggling with this thing and he's got the three bullies behind him. And, um, you know, they're, they're teasing him about the boogeyman. He doesn't know who the boogeyman is and they're trying to fill him in on those details just to be little pricks. And, uh, those three kids, the actors, they played real good bullies, real good little pricks. Um, so they torment him as he tries to get away. He gets tripped, of course, and he lands on the pumpkin and cracks it. Uh, another mistake continuity issue is that when the three kids run away, they run away from the walkway. Uh, yes. And then, you know, the scene cuts for a second, and, you know, one of the kids is running now. He's in front of Tommy, and he runs straight into Michael. Yep. Uh, so that was interesting. You know, that was very easy to catch. Uh, it's not even like I was looking for it. You know, so yeah, there's another continuity issue there. And um, they broke the only pumpkin they could find. Yeah, yeah. exactly. You know how expensive that pumpkin was. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully they filmed that later. They're <laughs> <laughs> able to get through the rest. Yeah, so uh, runs into Michael. Michael sort of grabs him, uh, scares the shit out of him because he's got the mask on, though we don't see it. Uh, and the kid just takes off. Um, so. You know, then the music starts, and you know he starts to watch and trail Tommy. So Tommy walks back the way all three of the other kids walked at the beginning of that scene. Uh, you know, to start walking home from school, and um, Michael follows him with his eyes, sort of walks a little bit, but then we see that the car is parked there. Uh, you know, he rounds the corner, he sort of slows down in front of Tommy or next to Tommy. Tommy doesn't even notice him. And, you know, because, you know, what little kid is going to pay attention to a car slowing down next to them, especially, I guess, in 1978. Uh, and then, uh, he, you know, he speeds off. Um, we, we hear the slow, his heavy breathing through the mask. And every scene he's in that we're viewing from his perspective, that, breathe, that heavy breathing is always there. Yeah. Um, and, it, and it was there in the opening scene, too, behind the clown mask. It obviously was not as prevalent because it was a six-year-old kid. But that breathing is always there just to let us know that, you know, it's funny because his breathing never increases. So, you know, they're sort of trying to let you know that he's in control, that nothing is going to yeah, incite him great. or stop him <laughs> from getting... It's really cool know, when you think about it. Yeah, to, to, to complete his mission, whatever, you know, whatever evil he's got going on in his head. So it's, uh, it's pretty interesting. Um, so then the next scene, we cut to Dr. Loomis in the phone booth. He's trying to convince the police that Michael's coming, but, you know, they don't want to hear it. It's a crazy story. Um, he drops the great line, you know, if you don't believe me, it's your funeral. <laughs> it's a real sympathetic yeah, yeah. guy, that, that Loomis. He doesn't give a fuck. He just needs to stop Michael. Um, what I wonder is, um, I know like when he was like six, he killed one person, but has he killed like a bunch of people throughout this that we just don't know about? Like, no. why is he so scared of somebody who killed somebody when they were six? No, he was locked up. And Dr. Loomis explains that to, to Brackett, the sheriff later in, in the movie. 
in, in that you know he studied Michael for eight years, seven years maybe, and tried yeah. to keep him locked up for eight more. I mean, because, I can tell you, know, you exactly what he told him. He says, "What was living behind those boys' eyes was purely and simply evil." Evil. Yep. Exactly. Yeah, but I mean, you can have evil people that don't go around killing people all the time. Like, how did he know he was just going to go on a killing spree? Yeah, well, because he's, he's, he's a he six-year-old kid who killed someone. Right. Yeah, I, I think, and of course, I think the whole, but I mean, whole, what if he just went and then ran for president? <laughs> oh, gee, all right now, all right now. Well, I think We're you not, have two things going on, right? Like this guy is so paranoid about what this boy slash man is because of you know the psychological study he's done of him, and he explains it like his eyes are looking beyond the wall. He's just waiting yes. and waiting and waiting. Exactly. So it's a fifty-fifty shot. He could be wrong about that, and Michael Myers could become well adjusted and, and cured in some way right. or he could be totally right and yeah. in this case he was so I, I think it was more about just the threat of what would happen if that was unleashed upon the world like he just he knew him so intimately like this guy is devoid of any compassion or or you know empathy um he's just inhuman yeah, I think to right. me, I, and it's going to probably show later in the in this in the episode when we talk about our ratings. But they could have done a lot better with the plot of this movie. Yeah, There's strong I mean, words, my friend. Like it's early <laughs> Carpenter. It's it's I mean, early John Carpenter. He was still learning in my eyes. Yeah, they're, they're, at this point, there's a lot like that. They just you have to you have to fill in the gaps yourself on a lot of it. Oh yeah, no, absolutely. Well, in the scene we're talking about now, so Loomis is in the phone booth, right? He, he threatens the cop, telling him it's your funeral. And then for some inexplicable reason, he notices an abandoned truck. He walks over there, and he finds a matchbook that says the Rabbit in Red Lounge. You know, it sounds like a fucking fun place. And then he runs to the car. But nothing of that ever comes up again. Like, so... Well, that the same matchbox was the matchbox that the nurse used to to light up her cigarette at the very yeah. end. Oh, the beginning. crap. Yeah. yeah. I'm so glad you're here, Tony. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I'm telling you, I, 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 you watched, homework, the, I watched the entire series last year. And okay. And uh, I just watched the movie right before this All show. All right. And I, I have notes. Yeah, Tony's, <laughs> no, Tony's it's absolutely great. right. That matchbook is just there to signify that yeah. it was Michael because that matchbook he was, was there. in the nurse's car. Correct. Okay. All right. Yep, then, you know, well, thank you for correcting or informing because now I understand that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so, all right, so we get through that. Now we're back in high school. Um, Lori and Linda, so we meet Linda for the first time, PJ Souls. Uh, they're leaving school. Um, they're complaining uh, totally. about. Yes, exactly. <laughs> you know, they're complaining sakes. about learning cheers and, you know, uh, Linda's complaining about learning too many cheers, having no time to do it, and Lori basically sarcastically shuts her down you know just telling her to stop bitching you know in essence um and then we're introduced to the third member of the crew annie she runs from behind and catches up with them um they are talking you know they're all talking together Lori remembers that she forgot her chem book uh she's debating on whether to go back for the book because she is the bookworm in the crew uh but at that point michael rounds the corner in the car uh, the music starts again, that same, you know, the same iconic music. <laughs> and then Annie in 1978 sarcasm, hey, jerk, speed kills, you know, because that's a zinger. 
Yep. <laughs> Which especially he can hear from like you know half yeah. a mile down the road. Exactly, oh, yeah. exactly, because he's already way here. past. But there's you know, also a great a great uh, quote unquote joke or an attempt to a, to a joke in that scene, and it's when they're talking about uh, the babysitting, and I think it was Linda Linda right that says uh, that says about Annie, it's like you're just looking for a place to. Re- you're referring to sex, but like she goes, like you're just looking for a place to, and then Lori stops and says, "Shit." And then, yes, and yes, he says, "Like stops. I have a place yes. for that." Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Now, in our yep. in our last episode, which was Ghostbusters, we talked a lot about good prov. Like in this scene, it always bothered me, and this is probably a, a director thing. When uh, when she's talking about forgetting her book. And then the response to that is like filler dialogue about how books are not important. Right. I feel like books John Carpenter was like, hey, just talk about like forgetting books and books don't matter and do that for like four minutes. Yeah. And so she's like, yeah, yeah I always forget my chem books, and my math books, and my history books, and all my books. And who needs books? And I don't even like books. <laughs> and do you read books? And it's like, oh, it's a, it grates on me so much. Exactly. Exactly. So then the other girl was like, I don't even have any books or something. What did she say? Yeah. <laughs> something yeah. like that. Yeah. I forget What's a my book? books. I forget all my books. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Um, so, uh, all right. I lost my place for a second here. All right. Yeah. So, so uh, then, speed kills. <laughs> yeah. Speed kills. Uh, you know, Michael slams on the brakes uh, for a second and stops, you know, and then he starts going again and Annie chimes in, you know, you're going to, someday you're going to, you know, you're going to, yeah, someday you're going to get us all in deep trouble. <laughs> so, you know, kind of like Captain Obvious foreboding at that point, <laughs> you know. I would have loved um, it at that moment if, if he would have got out of the car and then, like, walked up to the front of the car and then walked away with, like, a turtle in his hand and then set it on the sidewalk. Because <laughs> 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 yeah. he obviously didn't hear her, but, like, he stopped the car not to run over the turtle. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, so, you know, then they start discussing Halloween night plans again, you know, as Tony mentioned, it's, it's all involved about how they're all going to be able to do it. You're going to go here. I'm going to go there. We're going to meet here. I'm going to go upstairs there, you know, so, so we can all do it. (laughs) It was like, you know, Annie, Annie and Linda is, you know, obviously that's, that's was all they were thinking about the whole day and the whole night. Which makes me think that Annie and Linda, like, it's like a weird, like, 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 Lauren, would, would, she wouldn't be friends with them in real life. Yeah, it's no, exactly. Different people. That's true. Well, I mean, what Very if they true. all grew up together, like, and like, you know, they just she doesn't really have any friends because she's kind of a nerd, and like, those are the only girls that will talk to her. I guess so. Yeah, that could be. That could be. Yeah, they definitely yeah. don't have a ton in common. You know. Yeah. Well, and they're also all because of the fact of how empty the streets are, there nobody must live there, so there's like nobody else for her to hang out with. <laughs> I know. I know. In the end, we see about like 10 trick-or-treaters the whole Halloween night. It's kind of funny. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, I mean, the next scene, though, it is a continuation of the same scene is that, you know, Linda peels off uh, to go home. Um, and, uh, you know, Lori and Annie, they keep walking a little further. And Lori sees Michael up ahead, sort of halfway peeking out from a hedge. Uh, but you do get sort of almost a full shot of him, you know, face on. Uh, she sees him. And stops, of course, you know, Annie doesn't see anything because it's just, you know, convenient coincidence that she didn't see anything. Um, Lori tells her she sees the, you know, the creepy guy from the car. 
Uh, you know, Annie walks up, and of course, there's no one there. Michael's already gone. He did the ninja work again, and and vanished. Yes. Um, if you look so, yeah. at the house, like the where the way the bush is, it's a really far. Oh, it's long, walk. absolutely. Yeah. To get to it's the next street, really it's long. crazy. Oh yeah. So he had to like sprint it. Yeah, yep. he was hauling ass. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> no, he 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 just you know snapped his fingers and he was he threw the smoke bomb and he ninja away. That's what. That's he did. you know. This makes me think of this this movie called The Legend of Leslie Vernon, and it's about a. A, a very Michael Myers-esque serial killer, but he's got a documentary crew following him, and he's explaining how to yeah. do these things. And he's like, "Man, you got to do a lot of cardio to make it look like you're not moving fast and walking slow." You know? Oh, that's great. That's great. Wait, what yeah, is I love that. Uh, Leslie Vernon, the legend of Leslie Vernon. That sounds I'm good. Write that down. So funny. It's really good. Right. Yeah. So, all right. So after that, you know, it's they get to Annie's house. She peels off and goes in the house. Lori continues a little bit, and this is—it's kind of creepy at first because she bumps into Sheriff Brackett, who who is Annie's father. She bumps into him, but it's like it's set up like he's a creepy guy. Yeah, <laughs> the way like because he stays well, real close to her, and you don't see that he's the, the sheriff first. Yeah, like you don't see he's that he's the more sheriff. people than Michael Myers, <laughs> right? You know, and it's and the sideburns. He's almost leering at her, you know, and then then oh hi, Mister Brackett. And I'm like oh god, all right, it's the sheriff. I get we're like, gonna I assume he he's okay. Loomis. He scares Loomis the same way like three times. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. I feel just, like um, I, I think he, yeah, he 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 like time traveled to the year 2017 to be in Stranger Things also. Oh yeah, yeah, just like the sheriff in <laughs> Stranger Things. <laughs> exactly, you're right. Same outfit, everything. You're right. Yeah, you're right. Hair and everything. Uh, Yep. I yeah, wonder if they modeled that, that up character on, everybody. on him. I know. Yeah. He does. He does. So, you know, so here we, you know, Lori finally gets home. Um, she gets scared. She hears some noise. She gets scared. Uh, but it just turns out to be trick-or-treaters, you know. And yeah. I do have to say, you know, personal throwback. I, I talked in the last episode about my Ford Maverick parked in front of the house where the trick-or-treaters are coming from is a Ford Maverick, probably around a 71, 72. So that was pretty cool. <laughs> I enjoyed that reminisced for a you second, go. you know, um, you know, so, and then she says out loud to herself, well, kiddo, I thought you outgrew superstition. Another captain obvious, um, foreboding moment, you know, yeah. where, where she's, she's writing it off at this point still for um you know as just her being spooked about this, definitely you know? also why are um, these kids trick-or-treating at two o'clock in the afternoon yeah <laughs> well i mean yeah. the elementary school kids got out and they're all they're all loose now i, I mean well, because because for... their parents have to go to their swing parties at night yeah, <laughs> pretty much, yeah. this, tony this is what i said to my wife i was like we got to go back to the days where on halloween night we're out of here man <laughs> exactly. like these yeah. kids can fend for themselves we're gonna go party crazy exactly exactly and as tony said yeah let's go let's go to the key party so <laughs> doug yeah. even knows the terminology all right hey <laughs> hey he was around like then that's right that's right <laughs> uh so Lori's in the house now she puts her stuff down she's in a room she puts her stuff down uh her window's open so she goes to the window to close it she looks down and in the neighbor's yard by the clothesline again is michael looking right up at her window so he already knows which room she lives in and where to stay exactly stand so she he can scare the shit out of her. Yeah. Um, but she doesn't lock the door. No, 
No, absolutely not. She just slams the window closed because that's going to save everything on the second floor. Yeah. Um, and and again, this is how you know my notes started out reverential, but but by this point, I'm just starting to get more and more sarcastic as I watch this movie. Um, you know, the phone rings. She answers the phone. Nobody's there. All you hear is some like clicking or chewing, whatever it is. She hangs up. It rings again, and it's Annie. Uh, you know, and it was her the first time. She says, "Yeah, it was me. You didn't hear me." Um, you know, and again, out loud, she tells herself to calm down. Um, you know, she's, she's getting worked up about nothing. At least that's what I think is going on in her head. You can, you know, she's still not convinced, uh, even though she's seen this guy multiple times in a mask and it does not concern her other than she's being superstitious in her yard. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. You know, I mean, it is Halloween. Maybe just has a costume on. Well, yeah, okay. I think that's what Carpenter might have hoped we would think. And in 1978, that's probably what I thought, <laughs> if I remember correctly. But, you know, come on. Let's be, let's be a little realistic now, you know. Here's me being the old guy not suspending disbelief anymore, like I tell everybody yeah. to do. Okay? Yeah, I mean, you can let Joe Pesci be a 65-year-old t- exactly. Tommy. Exactly, 30-year-old. <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, so, you know, next scene... You know, Lori and uh, Lori and Annie had made plans. Annie was going to pick her up because they're babysitting, you know, kids across the street from each other. Uh, so Lori goes outside, sits on the corner. You know, she watches some trick or treaters, and then Annie arrives and you know, without looking each way to see if cars are coming, she runs across the street and gets in Annie's car. <laughs> but you know, again, 1978, you didn't have to worry about that. Cars were soft, so it's okay. Um, so, yeah, that's when Annie takes out the joint and, you know, we see one of Lori's few vices. She likes to get high. So yep. uh, we cut to now Loomis in the cemetery. He drives up with the graveyard keeper uh, to look at Judith Meyer's grave because Loomis is thinking something has to have gone on there, uh, you know, because that's uh, Michael's sister. So, of course, they get to the grave and he's right the grave marker is missing um the grave keeper the graveyard attendant blames it on the kids in halloween but of course you know loomis and we know michael has the the gravestone somewhere you know it's probably in the back seat of the car who knows that's the good um, line when he says he came home or something like that yes exactly home. And I, I love I love the, the, the graveyard dude's banter. He's telling the stories, you know, and he, he gets to the point where the, where the guy goes, you know, he's eating his dinner, he's quiet, he goes out and comes back with a hacksaw, and you're waiting for the end of the story, and it never comes. Yep. I did like the way Carpenter did that, because then Loomis cuts him off, and I'm like, what about the hacksaw? What did he do with the hacksaw? You know, but we never find out what he did with the fucking hacksaw. It kills me, you know? So... <laughs> Um, so yeah, so then again, we see, uh, you know, we see Laurie and Annie now they're, they're, you know, in full getting high mode, right? They're passing it back and forth. They're definitely doing their stuff. They want to feel good for tonight. Um, you know, Laurie tells Annie about seeing Michael in the neighbor's yard again. And of course, you know, (laughs) there's the one, the music budget was blown. As Tony mentioned, don't fear the Mm -hmm. reaper is playing on the radio. So that was two hundred fifty thousand dollars worth of (laughs) yeah (laughs) we also you know so we get yet another bat to the back of the head foreboding moment (laughs) that something's gonna happen um the one thing i noticed right away that you know who knows if i saw it the first time around 
you know, from some exterior shots, we see that Michael is following them. But even in the car, when the camera's on the hood shooting in, you see Michael behind them, like tailgating them. Yeah. <laughs> and Annie yeah, is like, oblivious. He does not give them any space whatsoever. No. You can't even see his headlights, okay? And <laughs> yeah. she doesn't oh, give a shit. <laughs> He's still learning how to drive. That's yeah, true. exactly. That's, That's true. true. And I'm not blaming him, but see, if it were me, I would have I brake checked his ass, okay? <laughs> but, you know, she is completely oblivious, you know, and then, you know, we, we see the exterior shot confirming it yes we already knew this but confirming it was it was michael um it's kind of funny because they turn the corner and they see her dad and he's in the middle of like working a job but she and she's paranoid about the joint but she has to stop she didn't have to stop like made a right (laughs) she could have tooted the horn and waved at dad and kept driving she had like three options my dad yeah Exactly. That we're not. And they have Let the windows up. up in this car, so you know all that shit's just stuck in there. Right. Oh, the windows are up. She she yells to Lori to get rid of the, the joint. Where did she get rid of it? The windows up. Now, now, Doug. Here's my issue with this scene. I don't mean to poo-poo on. I love this movie, but you yeah. know, uh, the alarm on the hardware store is going off because yes. it's been broken into. And what was stolen was a mask, and what did he, what did he say? Some rope. He said ho- some Halloween mask ropes and a couple of knives. Okay, so homeboy's been walking around in this town with this mask on for a solid <laughs> Hour. like couple I know. of hours. Exactly, exactly. And not only okay, are we to believe that the mask was as is, like it's white with the paint and all that? Right, right. Or did he yeah, make no, it he that had way? To. I mean, he had to have gone to Spirit Halloween and picked that thing up. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what I mean. That, that's where your concern is. Oh, shit. Well, maybe I'm, I'm thinking about the alarm. The, maybe he went to so, the yeah, immediate the, house the and timeline is crazy. On it. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It is. Okay, you're telling me that alarm has, has been going on for hours? Yeah. yeah. And he just rolled up like, oh, yeah. Someone yeah. broke in. Like, dude, that exactly. was like six hours ago. What are you doing? Yeah. Right. And, uh, you know, it's funny because, you know, <laughs> Lori and well, Annie are talking to daddy and. You know, he's the worst cop ever because he, you know, and they talk about this after they joke about it. He, he has no clue. Like, like you said, the windows were up. So that, that, that the car is reeking, but he doesn't yeah. even notice it. Doesn't say it, you know? And, you know, Annie, Annie tries to convince Lori that, oh yeah, you saw the look on his face. There was no look on his face. He was oblivious to what was going on. <laughs> okay. There was no look on his face. Um, they drive off and as they leave, Loomis shows up to talk to the sheriff. So. He's got to he's got to do his job to convince him in person now because you know no one's listened to him yet. Uh, they start to talk, but you know Brackett tells him, "Listen, I got to take care of this. Give me a, a give me ten minutes." And as he says that, you see Michael turn from the same road the girls just turned from onto the road where the hardware store is. Loomis doesn't even see him, but he drives right by in the in the car. You know, uh, so more obliviousness by everybody except Michael. So. <laughs> You know, um, we're back in the car with the girls now. Uh, they're still getting high because obviously she she just must have put out the joint <laughs> because they're back at it. Um, you know, and then they do again. They they reference the weed smell and her dad not uh, you know not noticing, uh, and then they start the boy talk things like that. So, but now um, Annie picked up Lori at a at a certain time. What was it like six thirty? Six thirty to take her to where where was she where was she taking to, to baby no they were taking her to the houses to babysit the kids to the baby to tommy's house right 
Yeah, to Tommy and Lindsay's house. Yeah. Okay. Right. Yep. But they they were driving for a very long Forever. time. Forever. Exactly. This was a neighborhood that they walked through earlier yeah. and now today they've got to drive for a half hour to get to. Well they had to smoke and in for that a while. Scene, they circled around. That's true. That they do they did have to uh, maybe that's joint. what it is, yeah. I wonder but how many that, times they passed her dad and pulled over each time. Yeah. <laughs> Shit, my dad. Yep. I and, you know, <laughs> It might not have been that yeah. long. You know, daylight savings time didn't exist back then, and this was in October. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you nailed it. So the sun would have <laughs> yeah. went down earlier. But that That's that true. is another scene. The scene in front of the hardware store is another scene where you can clearly tell it's California. Because well, yeah. You, the, can, the you shot can tell it's on California the other side. by the golden hour. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> like, um, it just has that California sunset look to it. That's not what Illinois looks like. Yeah, exactly. And uh, so they're driving through the neighborhood now. They're, they're high as fuck. They're driving through the neighborhood. Uh, the music starts because Michael's now right behind him again. And it's instantly dark. <laughs> they were driving for so long that, uh, you know, it just now it's dark, fully dark. Uh, so, you know, obviously that was convenient um, to happen. Uh, you know, Annie drops Lori in front of Tommy's and then parks, you know, diagonally across the street in Lindsay's driveway. Um, Michael follows. He he parks pretty much right in front of the mall, and again they don't yeah. notice him. Uh, the car is right there. Later, it that, wasn't there when Loomis was looking. He found it in a different spot. But you know that's another continuity issue. Uh, well, I, I have um, stuff to say about that. All right, you cool. know, you know, <laughs> Captain Kirk did get a Klingon ship, which would have a cloaking device on it. Maybe uh, since he has the Captain <laughs> Kirk mask, he put a cloaking <laughs> device that's on how the he LTD. Did it. That's how we did it. Trying yep. to figure out how this this car was not seen by anybody ever. Yeah. So you know, Michael Parks he gets out of the car, follows Lori a little bit to watch her again. Uh, Lindsay's parents leave as Annie gets there, and none of them notice Michael yet again. He's just he's there. He's like the Invisible Man. You know, uh, he's he's Drax. You know, he can stand so perfectly still <laughs> that so no one can see him. Still. Okay, um, you know, and it works. It works. So the parents leave, and now the babysitting commences. Um, next, we go to Loomis and Brackett heading to the Myers house, and it's our first opportunity to see the inside of the house in its all its decrepitude. You know, for fifteen years of sitting vacant, um, they're in, and they immediately find a dead dog. Um, you know, Brackett's first comment is it's still warm, and Loomis, you know, ominously says he was hungry. He was hungry. And, and Bracket, of all the wild animals on the planet, blames a skunk <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> for eating a dog. Um, I, you know what? I've met a lot of skunks, and I don't think they eat dogs. Okay? And, you know, he, regardless of where you are, you could have picked anything. If you had said raccoon, I would have been fine with it. Okay? Because they are scavengers, but he picks a skunk. Okay? Skunk. You know? And Lu- and the best part is Loomis's response. His first response is, "Could have." <laughs> so he's fine with <laughs> yeah. the skunk analogy. So he's, are, he's are totally... skunks like native to Illinois? Uh, they're everywhere. Well, the funny thing is they're not everywhere because I never saw a skunk in the wild living in New York on Long Island. But you know, my first day here in Massachusetts, I I, I saw a skunk and smelled a skunk. So I was say, is there not, is there wild know. in New York? Well, no, on Long Island. I mean, it's the suburbs. It's you got you know woods and you know forests. It's not forests, but you got you know big tracts of woods and you know there are so wild you must animals. Way there. out down on Long Island, then. 
Oh, all right. Now, now you just let's stereotype Long Island now, okay? Well, I mean, um, most of it's a big city still until you get. No, like it's not down. Long Island. See, you, you, no, Long Island isn't a city. It's the suburbs. It's houses, tree-lined streets. That's not Long That's Island. That's not Long Island. That's Come New York City. It's on Long Island. No. <sighs> yes, you geographically. Gotta take, you gotta take like a forty-five minute train and move right. to Long Island. Ge- but I mean, geographically, it is on Long Island. Joe is right that geographically, <laughs> Brooklyn and Queens are both on. Long Island, what you would call Long Island. But they're part of New York City, and they have what they call suburbs there, but they're nothing like suburbs on Long Island where I lived. I mean, I live 55 miles east of Manhattan. So, again, tree-lined streets. You know, there were woods that we used to hang out in, and, yes, there were deer and there were other animals, but I never saw a skunk. Okay, so I just looked looked for skunks in Illinois, and I got a website (laughs) here. Uh... Illinois.gov says distribution and abundance. Uh, stripped skunks are common and found throughout Illinois. And okay. they actually are known to eat dogs. Really? Whoa. Does it really say no, that? All right. Right. That, that? No, that last part I made up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, man. You got me. Oh, that was so good. That was so good. But apparently, no, apparently uh, they're very common in Illinois. So, yeah, all right. So that part of it makes sense, but the eating dog thing. Okay, but anyway. Okay, here right though. Um, it says stripes, striped skunks are omnivorous, eating on insects, small invertebrates, and eggs, as well as vegetables. However, spotted skunks are the most carnivorous. Well, maybe it wasn't All right. So what's the spotted skunk that they had there? Okay, it must have been a spotted skunk. I think we're we're uh, digressing a little too much here, but actually, the real again, skunk it would have been a lot easier. That car that her dad didn't smell. You know, he went with a fucking fox. You know, which are also in <laughs> Illinois, or or even a coyote. All right, I have coyotes in my neighborhood here in Massachusetts. So anyway, um, so Brackett says, you know, looking at the dog, he goes, "Nah, a man wouldn't do that." And Loomis, of course, with his foreboding, this isn't a man. Um, he. <laughs> They go upstairs to look in the room where Michael killed Judith and a piece of uh, of uh, something. I couldn't tell what it was. It was. A, a gutter. Gutter, right. Was, a piece yeah, of gutter yeah, piece hits of gutter the window, falls. breaks the window. Loomis immediately pulls a gun out. Yeah. <laughs> He's lucky because Bracken didn't shoot him, yeah. okay, because he whips this gun out. And then his comment is to sheepishly say, well, I have a permit. <laughs> yeah, he pulls the permit out. Yeah, the thing ready yeah. holstered. Right. This is my, well, this obviously is my doctor's you, gun. You might have a permit, but you ain't had no training. <laughs> yeah. You know, you're pulling out a gun. He's so, kind of like, yeah. like in, the, in our previous review, when the Ghostbusters pulled the protopacks out on the maid. <laughs> yes, exactly. What, what the, the hell, hell are you doing? doing? <laughs> oh, that would have been awesome if she was not seen. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. So they continue the conversation, and this is uh, this is the, the the part of the conversation that Tony referenced earlier. Um, you know, the blackest eyes, the devil's yes, eyes, the devil's eyes. Right, eight years of trying to reach him, and another seven trying to keep him locked up. Because I realized that uh, what was living behind those boys' eyes was purely and simply evil. Um, it's a cool speech, and Donald Pleasance, in his all his professionalism, delivers it wonderfully. He really does. I think that dude. I mean, he's. I've always loved him. I I mean, The Great Escape is another movie I'd love to do, but that's a four-hour epic, so I don't know if we'll ever get to it. Um, He was great in that. He's great. He's great in all those movies. He's great in the other Carpenter movies, The Prince of Darkness. He was in fantastic in that, and I'm trying to remember the other one he was in. But anyway, um, 
So that's where Loomis tells Brackett that he's going to wait at the house. And the sheriff leaves. Um, so now we're back at Tommy's house. Uh, Lori's reading to Tommy, and Tommy asks, what's the boogeyman? Because the bullies have totally freaked him out about the boogeyman. Um, so she explains that he's not real, and you know he can't hurt you. It's just a legend. So tries to calm Tommy down. He seems pretty cool about it. Um, Annie calls Lori. So Annie across the street, she calls um Lester the dog is going absolutely batshit because uh, he knows that Michael's outside uh, Lindsay's house where Annie is. Um, so he just knows he's there and he's going crazy. And man, did they get a good dog to do that? Um, yeah, I love German yeah. shepherds, but and it's funny because I got a very, <laughs> I got a very relatable story. We've got next door neighbors that have a beautiful young German shepherd. The dog is maybe a year and a half old. He, I've never been introduced to him directly, but you know, there's like a four foot chain link fence separating our yards. The dog forever, when I come out, comes running to the fence with a ball in his mouth. He barks at me, but he wants to play. Well, that dog must have hit puberty or something because last week I went out to barbecue and he bolted from the middle of that yard, jumped that fence without even a blink, oh and came at me. <laughs> oh, hell no. And I'm telling you, the only thing that saved me was I didn't run away. I, his name, and the funny, here's the funny thing. I love him even more because he's a German Shepherd and his name is Dax. Dax Shepherd. <laughs> okay. oh, that's Shepherd. awesome. <laughs> so he's like the coolest fucking dog he ever. He came right? in while I was so. watching Al My Balls. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Go away, Baton. I tried that. It didn't work. Um, but yeah, he, he, he was barking. Like he, he wasn't, he was not, he, he was just trying to threaten me because I, all I was doing was saying, Dax, no. And I was, you know, so it confused him because I wasn't backing down and nothing happened. The owner came, they were mortified by this. Um, and, and I'm not, I'm not anyway, we'll end the story, but I'm not the kind of person that's going to do anything. You know, they're going to yeah. put a fence up a, a bigger fence. Cause I love the dog, I was, but I was going to say, I hope you didn't like choke him out. Like, <laughs> like my Myers did <laughs> look. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Exactly. No, I mean, Hey, no, I pulled a gun I, out. <laughs> I jumped the fence. So I picked him up and gave him a good <laughs> choke. <laughs> Have if, a permit. if he had if he had actually come <laughs> at me i don't know what i would have done but yeah so in this case we go back to lester um you know who who meets his fate uh you know the girls keep talking the dog's barking and he's calling for Lindsay, and the, she doesn't listen she's just watching uh the thing on tv <laughs> so that's pretty cool um and tommy sees michael across the street and thinks it's the boogeyman so he gets the sh living shit scared out of him for that um Michael's watching Annie now, um, and she conveniently somehow spills butter on her. They're making popcorn, and she covers her clothes with butter so much so that she has to strip right in the in the kitchen. Oh yeah, <laughs> like completely stripped to just take her clothes off. Uh, and conveniently, one of the dad's sh business shirts is hanging in the, in the kitchen. You know that worked. It's fine. Uh, Michael keeps watching, and that's when uh, poor Lester gets out and. You know, he confronts Michael, and Michael's having none of that. He, he, as Tony described, he basically bear hugs the dog, chokes him out, and that's the end of Lester. And it's funny because <laughs> the dog is barking, and Annie hears the dog, and then the dog goes, arr, arr, like, you know, which is like the universal, this, the, this animal's in trouble. And she goes, oh, thank God, like, or something like that. He yeah, stopped he making like, oh, never mind, or something Never like mind. That. Yeah, something. It's like, yeah, he must you know, have you ran dog them do skunks. That. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I think she Dick even Lester. remarks like, "Oh, he must have found a girlfriend." 
something. Like even the yeah. dogs in yes, this movie are trying to get some said. ass. That's what yeah. he said. Yes. So, <laughs> yeah. So poor Lester the dog. I mean, it's funny because my dad was always one of those people that you know he had a shirt that the more people I meet, the more I love my dog. Like that, he probably never saw Halloween, but he would have been crushed. Like that would have been the worst part of the movie for him is having the dog, you know, meet his fate like that. So um, it wasn't a Jurassic Bark though. <laughs> don't do it. Sorry, don't. Doug. Don't do it. All right. Eric, have you seen that one? A Futurama? No. Okay. All right. We're not even going to get into it. It's right, the saddest Joe? thing you'll ever see in an animated TV show. Because, Eric, I know that you're like me. This fucking episode made me ball my eyes out. Uh, I'm no, not kidding you. Yeah, a fucking cartoon. That. A oh, cartoon. You, do, you need it. It just shows you how good that show is. Yes. A cartoon did that to me. So, anyway, we're going to move on. All right. Um,. Now we're back in Tommy's house. Uh, so Lori and Tommy, they are watching the original thing, which I think is cool. Uh, this is f- uh, five, four, five years before Carpenter did his remake. So yeah. I don't know how far along in his process internally he was about it, but he definitely loved that movie because it was that one and it was a bit of Forbidden Planet that, that was shown on the TV uh, you know, in both houses while the kids were watching. Uh, so, you know, we see a bit of the original thing. Uh, you know, there's some more uh, boogeyman talk because Tommy's not letting it go because now he saw Michael and thinks the boogeyman is there. Uh, and even though Laurie had plans to make the jack-o'-lantern much later, she needed to distract Tommy. She knew it, and they decided to go make the jack-o'-lantern. Um, then we have the Annie's laundry scene, which is another classic um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, you know, she walks back to the laundry shed. The lights don't work. Uh, but, you know, but the, the, the rest of the power works. works. Yeah, because <laughs> that works fine. So, you know, uh, door closes behind her. It actually is, though we don't see him because he does it later where we do. It is Michael that's closing the door. Because uh, when it closes, then we see Michael looking in. Um, and he, of course, does not notice him at all. Uh she thinks it's her boyfriend, Paul, playing tricks on her. Um, the door slams yet again, and this time she can't open it because for some you know, ridiculous, convenient reason, it locks from the outside. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> we find that out when Lindsay comes to get uh, Annie, that there's a lock on the outside. Uh, so why? I don't know. Uh, it's, it's strange. Um, well, I guess, all right, a lock on the outside so people can't get in. No, you can unlock it from the outside so people can get in. I'm contradicting myself. It's stupid. <laughs> <All right. laughs> um, yeah, so, you know, Lindsay, you know, Paul, her Annie's boyfriend, Paul, calls. Lindsay answers. Hangs uh, up and on Paul, him. Yeah, she, she basically hangs up on him, but at least she says, yes, I'll go tell Annie. And that's what happens. She goes out back. Uh, <laughs> she goes out back, unlocks the door, goes inside, and finds Annie halfway out the window and stuck. <laughs> Which um, is something that I thought it only happened in porn. Damn it! I was just going to say that. I was just going to say that. Yes, you are right, Tony. You nailed it exactly. Uh, I was wondering which one of us was going to get that out first. <laughs> like, I know. Yeah, I like, know. Like even Paul didn't believe her. <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. So, uh, yeah, so they hear the, you know, they, they, they exit the, the laundry shed, uh, you know, after, you know, it's her laundry's getting cleaned. They exit the shed, go back to the house as the phone's ringing, and, you know, it is Paul. Uh, so uh, she answers the phone, and, you know, wait a minute, now I'm losing track again. Damn it, guys, sorry. 
No, no, you're good. There's a lot going yep. on in the movie at this point. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So she talks She's to Paul. They make the pick him up. Yes, exactly. Yes, he tells right. her that she needs to pick him up. Uh, so we go then to back to the Meyer house, and <laughs> Loomis is hiding in the bushes, which isn't too creepy, uh, because so, guess who shows up? But the three bully kids. Um, yeah, you know, and the the two bigger ones are are you know they're trying to make the little one go in or the smallest one go into the house, <laughs> and Loomis puts on like the worst scary voice. Yeah. I forget the kid's it's name. It's my favorite it's, line in the movie. No, it's Get the, your ass out of here, Lonnie. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> in that in that proper British accent, you know. So he says that so the kids, you know, the kids take off. And is that's it me? where What's that? Is it me or cuz they go back to Loomis hiding in the bushes like four times, oh, yeah. like three or four yes. times. Yes. Yeah. Is it me or does it look like every time they switched to him, it looked like he was taking a piss, like he was hiding in the place behind <laughs> yes. the bush? Exactly. I don't know, but every exactly. time they switched to him, he made like three grand. Yeah, yeah. that's true. <laughs> Very true. You know, well, Loomis you can actually posted hear. up outside this house for a solid couple of hours. And yeah. that car yeah. that he finally notices parked across the street. <laughs> yep. I, know. I was like, come on, dude. I know. It's I crazy. did not see that car across the street. Yeah. But, uh, and, and then that's, you know, we, we referenced this earlier, but, but after Loomis scares the kids, Brackett scares Loomis. Yes. <laughs> he, exactly. he comes up behind him. I'm just wondering why this time Loomis didn't pull the gun. <laughs> yeah. you know? So wait, so it's just like... He learned his lesson. This, this police guy is just walking the sidewalk? No, Are he's come back. He, no, he's come back around. Like, he, he knows... He knows Loomis is there, so he's come back around to check in on him, I guess. I know, but is he not driving like a police car? No, he likes right. to park. You know I mean? like, he likes to park like a few blocks away. Cause see, then, his, this is his yeah. kink, man. Like he likes just sneaking <laughs> up on people. You know, it does seem to be I true. Mean, in all honesty, but, uh, though, he might have just parked right next to him and he didn't see the car. <laughs> no, that's, that's true. true. Well, it is. Yeah. They're all electric. All the cars are electric. Yeah, he parked right in front of the LTD. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I totally missed it. Yep. So I mean, you know, Brackett's still skeptical, skeptical, skeptical at this point. Man, it's late. Um, you know, so he he's still not convinced. But then he drops the line, you know, to Loomis. If you're right, damn you for letting him go. <laughs> you know. So he's already setting up the blame game here. It's great. Um, then we see Linda. Linda's back in the picture with her boyfriend Bob. And this is what you referenced earlier, Joe. That was originally. They wanted to get Dennis Quaid to do that, uh, yeah. but scheduling conflicts, uh, you know, squashed that. So they got the actor who probably never did anything again, <laughs> yeah, to play Bob. Um, they arrive at Lindsay's because, again, the plans that they've been hatching all day are: you're going to be downstairs, we're going to go upstairs and do it, and then you'll go downstairs and we'll go up. You know, they're they're going crazy. Uh, so they. So wait a minute. Am I missing a scene here? Because Annie goes. Well, to get... you're 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 yeah. You're probably missing like uh, when Michael carries um, Annie to towards the front door, and and uh, what's his name? Tommy sees him through the window. And he freaks out about the the boogeyman. Yeah. 
Yeah, I know, but damn it, how did I miss that whole thing? I, okay, uh, I got a page missing. Yeah, I got a page. Well, she goes looking for her keys, out, and she can't, she can't find her keys exactly. anywhere. She goes, she walks all the way to the car, realizes she doesn't have her keys. She sings a song about lost keys, oh, walks yeah. back to the house all the way inside because she's got to go around the front. Um, goes around the front, inside, gets her keys, go back, and that's when Michael's in the back seat. Um, well, he what's spends funny about, is she doesn't think yeah. that it's weird that two seconds ago the door was locked, and now the door is unlocked. Exactly. Exactly. Well, it hits her as she's in the it car. It does. It does. Yeah, when she yeah. sits down, she, you could see her go, huh? And then Michael reaches around. He chokes her for like 30 seconds before he cuts her throat. You know, it was it was weird. Um, and, and now, she, what makes what? him a total sadomasochist is the fact that he had to have been in the car to have locked and unlocked the car. Like, so he locked the car just to fuck with her to make her yeah, move her keys. True. Just to come back and have the door unlocked. <laughs> that's he could have killed her the first time she got in the car. Because yep. he obviously didn't have a way to unlock the car from the outside. No, that's oh, true. He might have had a, uh, the spare keys. <laughs> I don't know. Possibly, yeah. I yeah. like that Michael Myers is just a troll. Like, he's just like... <laughs> yeah, I know, right? He's just <laughs> he's like, I'm going to kill this bitch, but first I'm going to fuck with her. Well, that was kind of the whole thing with the laundry room scene. It was like he could have easily just rushed into the room oh, yeah. and killed her, but he's like, I'm going to lock this door, and then I'm going to sneak around to the back and look in the window, and then I'm going to... It's like, dude... Be more direct. Oh, he wanted to see the pan- he wanted to see the panty shot. Because <laughs> we wouldn't have got that shot had he killed her right away. That's true. He's like maybe yeah. she's gonna get stuck, like in all those videos. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so yeah, so now Annie's dead, um, and we then we cut to um, we see it's Tommy. Tommy does Tommy see her carrying the body? Does yes. anybody see him carrying the body? He does. Tommy sees him yeah, carrying the body in the house. Yes. Uh, and so Michael brings the body in the house, but then turns off all the lights. And then um, the next scene is uh, Linda pulling up with Bob in, in yep. that glorious 70s hippie van. Like that thing, the pinstriping on it thing's remarkable. It's super amazing. happy the, uh, the Belchers pulled up. The what? The Belchers, Linda and Bob. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, so they pull up. Uh, Bob runs around and starts to carry her out. They don't close the car door, by the way. Um, the passenger car door is left wide open. It is closed well, later. The 70s. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Exactly. But the door is left wide open. Uh, they get in the house. The lights are off. Um, they do work, but they're off. <laughs> so they uh, pick up Linda. Picks up the phone and calls Lori to find out what's going on. So that's when Lori informs her that uh, Annie's going to get uh, Paul, her boyfriend. So that's the best news that Linda and Bob have ever heard because now they've got, you know, unfettered use of the house. Uh, So they immediately go upstairs and, you know, start the fun. It works out well for them. Um, We jump to Tommy's house uh, where they are carrying the jack-o'-lantern into the dining room wow how did I get things out of order guys I'm so sorry I don't know but why why when they have a perfectly good van are they looking for random people's houses exactly what I was thinking yeah I know yeah because you know there's a bed in the back of that thing absolutely you know you know know, there is you know 10 years later Vankman bought it (laughs) yeah you're probably right exactly exactly but you know I guess it's, it's it's a thing about how many different places you can do it 
So, you know. Maybe. Uh, but, you know, yeah, so uh, they're upstairs in the bedroom, and they're going at it in the, uh, in the I guess, the parents' room <laughs> at this point because um, it's a nice big double bed. Uh, so the phone rings, and they put it off the hook. Um, then we see that Michael is watching them, all right? Uh, we have confirmed that Bob is a Minuteman, just like the boyfriend, Judas' boyfriend <laughs> in the beginning. Because and apparently he, he loses a boner uh, with, when the phone rings. Yes, yeah. exactly. <laughs> but he's done really, he's done really fast. Uh, so, but she seems satisfied. She doesn't have a problem with this. As long as he gets her a beer. <laughs> so yeah. Well, apparently goes, it's more like with them is more like quantity, not quality. Because uh, when he go gets the beer, he's like, don't get dressed. You know, letting yes, us know that they're going to get back at it. Exactly. It's the, it's the, um, it's the rabbit effect. Definitely. Oh, man. You know, have yeah, that kind of to. energy again. Yeah, I, God, right? right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so we go down. Uh, we watch Bob go downstairs to get the beers. Uh, again, you know, the lights are there. They work, but they, they're not on, you know. Uh, Bob does notice that the door is ajar. Uh, we hear Michael breathing. And then he uh, grabs Bob and lifts him off the ground without an issue uh, and drives that knife through him hard enough to stick him to the wall, um, which obviously which, we know is not possible. But, yeah, the you know, physics... <laughs> Won't allow exactly. that one to it's actually just, happen. It's just not possible. You know, maybe if he had a spear, <laughs> but not now, with that knife. If you watch that scene carefully, he stabs him into the middle of two folding closet doors. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Like, and he has his stomach. Yeah. You don't want to lower the property through value. The stomach. Right. <laughs> yeah, he dies instantly through the stomach. Yes. <laughs> but later, you see the knife when he's revealed, you see the knife in his chest. So that's another uh. continuity error. Um, so, you know, then we go back upstairs now. Uh, Linda's under the sheet. And, uh, no, I'm sorry. He's under the she sheet. She thinks, right, she thinks Bob <laughs> is playing a ghost. <laughs> and it's Michael. Michael has taken Bob's glasses and poked some holes in a sheet and put it now, over his head. I'm just glad we weren't in the South. Be, like, was this supposed to be? Because every time I've watched this movie, I, I get the same reaction. It's like, it's like funny to me it's yeah, yeah was this supposed to be like a funny scene or i think like et you know uh, didn't et do the same thing i don't know yes, i think if, if it was 100%. it was unintentional i agree that, i agree but i think all it was i'm saying is i'm glad it wasn't in the south because then it would have been even more scary oh oh, oh no <laughs> yeah no but again it's like michael myers is such a troll like he right. went out of his right. he's like check this out i'm gonna put this sheet on i'm gonna yeah. take his glasses off i'm gonna put his glasses on watch this look look <laughs> yeah yep Yep. And I just want to take a, a step back in general to show you the difference in movies then versus now, building suspense. The first murder, Annie's murder, doesn't take place till 50 minutes into the movie, or 55 minutes into the movie, I think. So it's almost an hour in, into an hour and a half long movie before anybody of note is murdered. Okay? And then. Well, it's I mean, a, are you counting the sister? Which is, yeah, it's like, it's no, about no, I'm not. I'm saying within, within what, what it, it's within what takes place in the present. Gotcha. I mean, yes, there's a murder within two minutes, but it, it's, it's not even that dramatic 
compared to what's supposed to be happening to these people in the present. But yeah, yeah. it's like 55 minutes and then another 10 minutes before another one happens. Well, I think um, that's where this movie works really well is, is the oh, suspense yeah. and the stalking it, and like the, yeah, it, it, it's uneasy. Well, well, I mean, it's also like compared to the movies of today, uh, like the, the, the kill, the number of kills. I mean, you're talking like that movies only have five kills. Yes, exactly. Compared to a movie right now, we'll probably have like, when it kills you know what I mean right. like, mm-hmm. yeah well Friday the 13th started that instant gratification thing where, yeah, where you, yeah. know, you had a, the short attention span theater <laughs> is what yeah. it was compared to this but yeah in any case so yeah <laughs> Michael's under the sheet it is funny and not intentionally funny I don't think but it is funny he just stands there and he keeps standing there and you know that's where she drops the line you like what you see because mm-hmm. she's topless yeah. and you know uh, again Hell yeah I do yeah, Hell no, yeah, right? No reaction. So, <laughs> the Linda Linda turns around and calls Lori, and Michael grabs the phone cord and just chokes her out. You know that, that she's done. She's she's done at that point. Um, and you know Lori hears the noises again and thinks it's just another prank phone call. Uh, you know she hears Annie, and she thinks Annie. You know thinks it's Annie at that point, joking like she did earlier. Um. And then you can hear Michael listening to Lori for a second because, again, with her, there is that connection. These kills were just kills, but there is that connection that he has to Lori because he's listening to her talking and it's stimulating something inside him. You know, we, we don't maybe quite know what it is yet, you know, or we never know, actually. Um, we go, This is where we go back to the Myers house and Loomis finally finds Michael's car. Um, you know, because he's wandering the neighborhood aimlessly. You know, he walks 20 feet and sees the car that's been there the whole time. Uh, you know, he runs, he looks around, he doesn't see anything. Uh, and then we change scenes again. So that was a quick one. You know, at least we know that he's on to something now. Um, Lori heads over to Lindsay's to find out what's going on. Uh, she knocks on the door. No one's answering. Uh, she goes around the back because the front door is locked. She goes around the back uh, and gets in. Uh, Bob's obviously gone at this point. You know, everything looks fine. Michael did a great job cleaning up the blood and everything because, you know, Lori sees nothing amiss. Uh, he straightened yeah. everything up. Um, again, the, the lights work. Right. The lights <laughs> work. They're off, but they work. But she doesn't turn any of them on. Okay. <laughs> she doesn't try them. She doesn't turn them on. She decides to search the house in the dark, which is kind of convenient. Well, I did read. I mean, I don't know if this portrays to like when they're in the houses, but like the fact that this movie was so dark is because there wasn't a budget for lighting. So, right. Yeah. Nope. Yeah. I mean, I, yes. And I, definitely that's part of it. And, you know, Carpenter's trying to keep the suspense, you know, right. uh, to keep, the, you know, the spookiness of it. So I, it, it's kind of cool. It's just a little odd. Uh, it's one of those, I think it's more one of those horror genre errors in general than specifically yeah. this movie. The, you know, it's, the kids running to the danger as opposed to away, things like that. Yeah, it's a, um, it's a trope for sure. In fact, the only yeah. movie I can think of, recent horror movie, was Insidious, where the dude's walking through a dark house and every room he goes in, the first thing he does is flip the light switch on. Yes, and I was exactly. Like, oh, shit. Yeah, that makes exactly. sense. Exactly. <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> Uh, so Lori makes her way upstairs and that's where she finds uh, the headstone on the bed with Annie, you know, sort of, uh, you know, Christ-like on the bed. Uh, and she's freaking out. 
She moves back, and somehow he rigged Bob's body so she couldn't <laughs> see it until she walked in the room because he flips down backwards. So that was pretty yeah. cool. Um, you know, uh, so he, you know, he flips down. Uh, oh, that was the closet. She opens the closet. Sorry, and he flips down. And then the uh, other door pops up. And- yeah, there's a pantry door that opens up, and Linda's in there with her eyes bug-eyed. Um, she runs out and leans against the wall because for some reason she has to stop instead of keep running. And Michael slowly appears in the doorway. Um, that's a cool scene I read. That, oh yeah. Because they all they did was put a dimmer on a light. Yeah. And they just turned the dimmer up, had it aimed directly at his face. Well, apparently somebody knows great, how to use a light in that house. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> no, dude, that was like like that's always been my favorite scene in that yes. whole movie. Is yep. that right? Yeah, there. that like was very well ago. done. An ingenious way to do it. And it, yeah, it was definitely scary. I remember being in a theater and just like almost crapping myself just when that happened. Because uh, you knew something was coming, but the way they did it w- was mm-hmm. fantastic. So uh, so that was that was excellent. He, he's he been Mr. Dead Aim up until now. <laughs> yeah, that was going to say, it's like a, like a, such a good scene. Yeah. But so disappointing at the same time. You know, and then he, he misses her and awkwardly hits her, her, her blouse. and Clear sort of shot. Cut. Yeah. He sort of kind of nicks her a little bit, but it's not even that bad. And it gives her the opportunity to, uh, well, not the opportunity because she falls down the stairs from this and injures her ankle. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, he comes plodding down the stairs after her. And, um, you know, she tries to get out of the house, but Michael is conveniently basically booby-trapped everything. He's got rakes in front of doors and things are locked. Um, you know, yeah, He's the regular Macaulay Culkin. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so, you know, Lori manages to move the rake uh, and, and get out. Uh, she starts screaming for help and she runs as far as the next house over um, <laughs> and pounds on the front door. The light comes on. The woman in the house looks at her and then turns the light out, you know, um, yeah. because, again, it's 1978 and people don't give a shit, even in suburban. It's also Illinois. Halloween. They probably think this is a prank. Yeah, could be. Could be. Uh, she runs, then she runs across the street to the kids, which is good and bad. You kind of want to draw the bad guy away from the kids, but she brings him right to the kids, but she is worried about them. That's her, you know, her instinct is a babysitter. She wants to make sure the kids are okay. Um, and that she tries the phone, but now Michael is, of course, I, we, when he did this, we don't know because the phone was working when, when, uh, Linda called Lori and got choked out. Michael's been in that house, in, in Lindsay's house the whole time, but now the phone doesn't work. But that's cool. It's fine. Well, the I mean, phone he doesn't had to work. go outside sometime to put the, the rake up to the door. I, I, all right. I guess he, yes, he teleported. I understand. He's got that ability. We do know that. I mean, he never dies. So why is it so hard to believe he has teleportation skills? Exactly. And right? he can also cloak cars. Yes, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> uh, she starts cowering on the floor. Um, and Michael is suddenly in the house and lunges from behind the couch. Uh, he plunges the knife, misses her again, mm. plunges the knife into the house, and she grabs a knitting needle and gets him right in the neck. Great shot. Like, she's the ace yeah. now. She's inherited his powers. She's got him in the neck. And he's dead. Uh, you know, at least she thinks he's dead. Uh, so what does she do? She, do- she does the take the knife. But she drops it. She takes it out of the couch and she drops it on the floor. Uh, so she's weaponless again. Um, 
Then we switch to Loomis. He's looking around now. He bracket pulls up, and Loomis tells him about the car, you know, says to keep a lookout. Uh, so, you know, again, we're back at the house now. Lori's upstairs to check on the kids, and Tommy's great line. It is a cool line. Uh, you know, she says, it's over. I killed him. And Tommy says, you can't kill the boogeyman. And Michael is standing right behind him, right? He's back up the stairs. They run in the bedroom. He, she throws the kids in the closet, in one closet, I think. It's kind of hard to tell where she puts them, locks the door. Then she goes in the closet and sort of, you know, puts a, was it a coat hanger, I guess? Puts it around the door, the door handle. it's like, like a scarf mm. or something. Yeah, maybe yeah, a scarf, right? Like it's a piece of clothing. So she locks, uh, you know, sort of locks that flimsy bedroom door that, the closet door that Michael at first has a big problem getting through, which is kind of funny. Well, <laughs> what's weird you know, is she opens the like the outside door to make him think she went outside, and he's like not even like closely being full nope. of that. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Nope he's he's ch- he's inside. He's chuckling at that. So um, yeah, so she uh, she's in there. <laughs> he starts banging on the door. He figures out he can bust the slats out. Yes, and that's my second favorite scene in that movie because that is legit scary yeah how yeah. he how he does that for sure oh absolutely absolutely uh he finally gets through um again she's a dead aim she opens up that coat hanger and gets him right in the eye like one lunge and it's right in his eye <laughs> yep. so you know he backs up and again great she grabs the knife uh and stabs him we think he's dead again uh she drops the knife again because now it's not important because he must be dead this time. And what does she do again? Turns her back. Yes. To him. Because, yeah, she yep. wants to get the kids out, but she turns her back, doesn't have the knife. And, she, and then just sits there. huddling in the doorway. Yeah, mm-hmm. she huddles in the doorway. And, you know, Michael, shock, he gets up again, doesn't he? But in the um, coolest way possible. Yes. <laughs> yes oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. There's a, if you go on YouTube, there's a audio from... Uh, 1978 screening of the movie. It's like theater audio of that scene. Oh, the, the very last scene. So you can hear the crowd responding to that very scene. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> that's yeah. great. That's great. Uh, so you know the kids fly down the stairs and out the door. That alerts Loomis as to what's going on. So Laurie's finally got some backup. We hope. Um, you know he that that rise from from Michael is fantastic. Uh, he starts approaching Laurie. And starts choking her. Because he kind of forgets the knife, too, I guess. I don't know. Uh, then that's when Loomis comes up the stairs. She pulls the mask off, so we get our view of Michael. Uh, he's got one damaged eye, which is it's cool, because that could have been forgotten. Uh, but it was nice that he did a little makeup on his eye. Um, so as he tries to put the mask back on, Loomis hits him with a shot, drives him back into the bedroom. Uh, then Loomis rounds the corner into the bedroom and he empties the gun. Uh, six total shots, uh, all into Michael, uh, and he falls out the window into the yard. Um, Lori's line again, it goes back to all the references. It was the boogeyman. And Loomis answers almost sarcastically. It's kind of weird the way he answers. You know, as a matter of fact, it was. As a matter um, of fact. It was. You know, and then, so... At that point, he goes back to the balcony and he looks down and Michael's gone. We knew, you know, you knew he was going to be gone. And it's almost like Loomis knew he was going to be gone because the look on his face wasn't a panic. It was almost like, all right, we're going to have to continue this showdown. 
sort of look. That's what I got from it anyway when, when you see him. Uh, what do you guys think? Um, I, I mean, I, I sort of agree. Uh, but it's also like, and, and this is this is another point that somebody else had that I heard. Um, it's kind of like when you do realize that that Michael Myers is not human. <laughs> like it's kind yeah. of like yeah. it becomes, an, like at that moment it becomes another thing, you know? Right, right. That makes sense too. Do, do yep. any of you guys watch Doctor Who? No. No. I do not. Oh, there's a character called Captain Jack, and he's he can't be killed. Like like he just he he he's, um, basically sacrifices himself all the time to like get things to be done. So people think like, oh, we killed him, but he just can't die. So I think that might be. Oh, him. he had his own he had his own show, right? That character oh. has his own show, doesn't he? He might have. I don't know, but he was a regular. Yeah, I he was think. Like a, I think he has a his own show, and for some reason, I actually watched that, and I never watched Doctor Who. Oh, Doctor but Who's yeah, no, I get it, I get it. Uh, well, my- so yeah, Michael's gone. Um, the music starts, but as the music starts, you hear Michael breathing. So yes. you know it's obviously confirmed that that he is he is there and he's there to stay. So and- this is this is my problem with that, with you know the fact that he survives those six shots is that they spend the whole rest of this franchise trying to justify this character's like immortality like yeah, his yeah. superpowers and they kind of have to because you know the ending yeah. of this movie is dude's nowhere to be found after he oh, falls from that balcony exactly and that gun <laughs> that was a hand cannon yeah. it, wasn't a 30, it was a 38 okay. mm-hmm. no it wasn't that was it, I, I didn't check but it looked way bigger than a 38 no I'm pretty sure it's a 38 really yeah because I looked right, it, it up could earlier. be but it just looked bigger but uh, yeah you're, you're, you're right Eric yeah, they, they do have, you know, in and of itself, that movie self-contained, that's fine. But you're right. When we start getting in, uh, they, they got to retcon a lot of stuff. And, yeah, it gets uh, it super gets wacky. Yeah. Except I mean, for this, uh, Halloween 3, Season of the Witch. Which oh, is, I love that movie. Has, that's no, that's no, such no, dumb fun. <laughs> yeah. You know? But I do love when you were talking about uh, right after that, you we, we hear Michael breathing. Yeah, and I do love the shots of the house and then yes. outside the neighborhood. So it's basically telling you, hey, he could be anywhere. Exactly. Yeah, could be in your neighborhood next. Mm-hmm. And that was the vibe. I mean, that was the whole thing about this movie is that it was it was one of the first movies that brought that you know mass murder to your neighborhood because right. it was real. You know, it, it, again, minus the immortality part. You know, at the end. The rest of it could happen everywhere. The neighborhood looked like suburban neighborhoods anywhere in America. And that's what scared the crap out of us when we went to see it. It's like, holy crap, I could, be, I could go home and find this in my house, you know? And Carpenter did a great a, it, job with that. And in, in a way, I think it's kind of cool that he disappears. That kind of opens up for a, a sequel. Yeah. And, and, and it's different than, say, like Friday the 13th, where you actually do kill Jason and then you have to figure out ways of re- yeah. reincarnate him. You know what I'm saying? Right, right. Whether it's like lightning bolts or whatever. Like, you don't have to deal with that. Yeah. It's just kind of, you know. You don't no, want to see true. Michael Myers in space? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 So it was a, um, a Smith & Wesson Model 15 Combat Masterpiece point thirty eight. Okay. All right. Oof. It just looked bigger, but that's cool. It didn't do the job. <laughs> nah. I got a 45 that might. Nice. So, what was your favorite, or what was the scariest Michael Myers moment for you? 
Uh, for me, it is that scene with that they use the dimmer. I mean, that that was it. When he appears like that, I thought it was a great film technique. And it, I again, that's one scene I remember scaring the crap out of me in the theater. Like that scene got me. You know, you think it's over. You kind of convinced it's over because remember back then. See, now it's such a trope that you yeah. know the killer's not dead. It wasn't that much of one back then. So you really kind of hoped, you know, maybe this is it. And then you see his face standing there. So that that totally tripped me out. I think for me, early on in the film, after Lori leaves the key in front of the Myers house, and she's walking away, but the camera doesn't follow her, and you see his shoulder come into the shot. He's just yeah, watching her walk too. away. That's There's definitely something cool. really like eerie about that that scene yeah. in particular for me yep yeah for me it would be uh um when he when when he's trying to get in the closet um it's just such a raw thing like he's just like yeah. straight up yeah. breaking shit trying yeah. to find a way to get in that is my most like mike myers like scary moment but completely going back to the very beginning watching the uh the uh the inmates or whatever the people walking around in the rain right. in this field yeah. that to me is the creepiest yep. part of yeah. the whole movie now um i have a hard time pinpointing the exact scene but it's definitely in the love guru <laughs> that's my <laughs> that's my scariest mike myers moment i'm gonna go with yes, the cat in the hat very good. that's my that was the scariest cat, mike myers moment true. to me the cat in the hat that is kind of creepy uh, sorry i set that entire thing up so i could say that shitty joke yeah. <laughs> It was worth it. Is it all right, baby? Is it Randy, Randy? <laughs> do I do I make you Randy? Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, so let's move on to our uh, ratings for this movie, guys. All right. Who who wants to do the rating breakdown system, Doug? All right. So we work on a system of one to five. It can be incremental, uh, in between. Uh, so, it, you know, you can give something a 3.5 or a 4.5 or a 4.8. Um, you know, zero, you can give it a zero if it's the worst movie you've ever seen. Uh, we know that's going to be rare, but you never know. Um, and then we work up from one, two, three, four, and five. Five being the perfect movie. Um, we've previously discussed that, you know, that might never happen. Um, you know, each of us have our favorite movies and that could uh, but we are going to keep track of these things and, you know, we want to use it as a way to sort of help you decide, uh, you know, how you might feel about it if you haven't seen it and then uh, give it a shot. So um, uh, let's go with our guest. Do you want to, you want to, uh, Tony, do you want to give us what your rating is? Sure. I think um, uh, knowing what the budget was and, and, and knowing that it was early slasher um, a lot of new things were, were coming in play, like the, the POV type stuff, um, using new technology, I guess, you know, like whatever it was called, like the panaglider or whatever it was called. Yeah. Um, and, and, and even with all of its flaws, um, I still have to give it like a solid four, I think, for me. Okay. Um, all right. It's not, obviously, it's far from being the perfect scary movie. I feel like the 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 kill count was low i think they should have probably done a little better at that um but overall like like the big picture it is still like a great great classic movie that i think any like i think everybody should 
watch it. You know. Yep. All right, Eric, what do you got? I'm inclined to agree with Tony. Um, I was I was a little hard on this movie, um, but I absolutely adore it. I think it laid the groundwork for so much about what we love in horror. And when you see a horror movie, a modern one, do things right, it's usually because they're copying this movie. I mean, it's just it's a, a wonderful blueprint. So I would give this movie a four out of five as well. Um, you know, it's easy to pick apart, and there is a lot of continuity stuff going on, and there's a lot of budget stuff going on, but they really, uh, like, it just doesn't feel like the Halloween season without this movie. I'll put it that way. Yep, I get it. Absolutely. Uh, Joe, what do you got? All right, so for me, it's a hard sell in the first place because I'm not a fan of horror movies typically. It's not just it's just not my genre. So it's always going to be harder for me to give a higher score to a horror movie as a disclaimer in general. Sure. Um, with that being said, there are horror movies that I would put you know in the higher four range just because I think they're movies that I really, really got down with. Um, like, for example, like a movie like Cabin in the Woods where it had that twist, that's going to get a much higher grade from me just because there's there's a lot more going on. Um, but with this movie, it is a classic. They did a lot for the budget they had, and they did a lot with what they had going against them as far as what they had set up the setting to be. Um, and for that reason, because, and because of the fact that I think it's good, but I'm not likely to rewatch it anytime soon. I'm giving it a three. Okay. I respect that. Definitely. Uh, for me, it's, again, I got to go back to the sentimental value of it. Um, I did do a lot of trashing of it during this uh, narration, but it does hold a place in my heart, uh, personally. And as you know, a leader in the genre. I agree with Eric in that it, it means it means so much to a lot of people. John Carpenter to me is one of the masters, so I could never disrespect that man. This was one of his early works. Um, so I mean, I've got to you know I would be inclined to give it a four, but I'm going to go like four point two because I am adding my sentimental uh, feelings to the movie. Fair enough. So I got a four point two. Yeah, I think that's what makes this grading system so good is that like when people start to identify with one of us with what we typically like, it's gonna help them to like you know stay more with with the person that who they connect yes. the best with. Agreed. Sweet. So all right, my um, friends. This, this well, has been this a super was a... fun episode. Um, I I just want to right now while we can give you guys a chance to go ahead and plug away, plug anything you want to plug. Let's start, Mister Tony. Oh, well, thank you. Um, well, first of all, I want to say thank you guys for inviting me. Uh, I, I do like this movie a lot, and the fact that you guys did it, well, I wanted to be a part of it. So uh, for plugs, I guess I have to say um, check out my my, my apparel brand, uh, Stay Young SB. I see that, that Mr. Pabon there uh, made a purchase. Yes, sir. Today or something like that. I was, yeah, um, I was excited about that. Thank you so much. Uh, and uh, I guess follow me on Instagram at uh, Tony with an I underscore R-O-D and uh, follow at Stay Young as B on Instagram as well. And I think that's I think that's it for me. Nice. All right. Joe, what do you got? Well, you can find me with my uh, guitar pedal company, Like My Pedals. 
I uh, mostly do everything on Facebook, so just facebook.com backslash like my pedals. But you can also see pictures on Instagram at like my pedals. And uh, if you uh, like me in general, you can also catch me on my regular podcast, Just Surprise Me, which is, um, as we said in the last episode, the ghost job of podcasts because it's just a mess. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but it does leave you oddly satisfied at the end of it. <laughs> oh, as most ghost uh, jobs do. The other three gentlemen on this show uh, are all have been guests and can all be guests anytime they want to because that's kind of the, the fun of that show is just you never know who's going to be on it. Absolutely. It is a blast. It's it's fun every single time I've ever done it. I've had a blast. So I, I recommend it. Yep. All right. Well, uh, as for me, you can find me at Art of Eric Pabone, P-A-B-O-N dot com. Uh, if you need custom art uh, of any kind, commissions, family portraits, got the holidays coming up, so the list is filling up fast. If you want to get in there, just shoot me a message, and I will take care of you. All right. Uh, yep, for me, first I want to say again, congrats, Tony, on the citizenship. I think that's wonderful. Oh, um, yeah. that's and I'm very kind of you. Thank you. No, nah, and it's it's just, it's great to hear that you're immediately diving into the process with your, the, the voter registration and everything. You're doing what you're supposed to do, and we, you know, can't ask for more than that, so that's cool. Um, if you want to follow me, uh, you can look for my pedal company, 37FX. That's the word 30, the number 7FX. Um, I've got my fat guy, little coat fuzz, mini enclosure, big sound. Um, I'm doing a lot of custom colors for customers now. Uh, so if it's doable, hit me up and we'll talk about it and determine if it is doable. And then, uh, you know, we, I can make it for you. Um, take a look at some of the photos on the Instagram and see what I've done. All right. I appreciate it. Hey, dog, I'm going to have to talk to you soon because I got these pedals from this local guy, and they're kind of shitty. Yeah, that, oh, guy's yeah, that shit, happens. Dude. I heard I fell into that trap, too. Yeah. And he uses <laughs> terrible art, too, now. Yeah, it's real yeah, bad. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. The whole thing, you, 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 you'd think it wouldn't have gotten worse, but it did. Oh, it's so much worse. <laughs> yeah. It should be yeah. called Dislike My Pedals. Oh, shit. That's great. <laughs> That's great. All right, guys. Well, so, this yeah. has been fun. Thank you so much, and we look forward to seeing you. Oh, we didn't even mention what the next the next movie is. So you guys got to prepare. Yes, uh, I almost forgot. We're doing the great classic Tim Allen movie <laughs> with about a million other people in it as well. I'm, I'm going to call more of a Jason Lee Dennis Farina movie, um, Big Trouble, which takes place in Miami. So I'm finally going to get to have some of my expertise on on point here since uh, it's almost all been New York crap so far. <laughs> you are crap. Nice. Nice. Yep. So we look forward, forward to, to uh, doing that episode with you guys, and you guys have a good one. All right. Be safe, everyone. Till next time, my friends. Peace out. Bye. The blackest eye.